go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And running on this 16th day of February, a very special 16th day of February, I suppose one might say. 2024, this is the horn, head on dot live, it's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes, that's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And where if you pop by right now, you'll be greeted joyfully by the early arrivers. Y'all greet people joyfully, okay? I just said you would. Uh, the early arrivers, Kid Mark and Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo. Hey, gang. Hi, I'm Robin. And it is, in fact, Friday on the front porch here in about an hour. I have a feeling we're going to have a rousing front porch conversation over the river and through the woods to the at, at the old holler tree that we sublet from the Keebler Elves, wherein we keep the extraordinary, ordinary round table. We're going to have a rousing conversation, I suspect, simply because of the news of the day. Ha! Ah, $364 million. The password is bankruptcy. Right? But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different, so consequently, we say thank you to our 16th day of the month subscribers, and that means thanks ever so kindly to uh, uh, Zed and Iowija, and thank you to Reinhardt on the Virginia coast, and thank you to Mark, thank you Mark so kindly, and thank you to Charlie. Thanks so very much for helping keep this program on the air. Uh, so as we closed the program yesterday, we had, uh, um, what was it, $75 worth of Monday? Well, Charlie took care of that. Thank you. And so we are at, uh, or not Monday, Tuesday. So we're at nine, 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 let's see, four, Yeah, we're at about $900 for our fundraising goal. And the way things play out, just as an, just ironically, uh, that would actually take care of the phone bill, the water bill, and the Internet bill. And that would be really helpful if we could knock some of that out. 
that having been said, uh, and again, uh, if you'd like to help out, the PayPal button is at headon.live uh, on the main page. The Patreon, if you'd like to use Patreon, that link is under the Contribute tab. And, of course, there's always uh, the United States Postal Service. The Horn, 1038 North Eisenhower Drive, PMB 318 Beckley, B-E-C-K-L-E-Y-W-V, 25801. And uh, if you do use a check or a money order, please make it payable to Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid, K-I-N-C-A-I-D. And that will, uh, and then it will go happily to the bank. Uh, greet people joyfully. Lee in New York says, I never do that. Ah, humbug. You're, you're either early or late, Lee. <laughs> uh, uh, Ralph says, recommending a, uh, a, a an excellent article by Mary Trump today on this most joyous occasion. Okay, that's weird. Um, Jeremy says, I'm breaking up, and there are many dead air moments in between a word or two. I don't think that's my usual pregnant pause. That was one of them just now. But I, I, uh, is anyone else having stream problems? Uh, just let me know. Three five four. <laughs> that's I think that's three six four, but well, okay, yeah, I get it. Uh, Trader Tot and Eric the Dumber are each liable personally for four million dollars apiece. They can't do business in the state of New York for three years. It should have been life, but in the meantime, I guess they'll. Uh, do all their dealings through Precious Princess Iwanka my daddy Trump Kushner. <laughs> Asa, uh, uh, Jeremy said, nope, never mind. It was me. I had to refresh. Sorry. No worries. So, okay, good. That, please. <laughs> I, 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 no technical problems this evening. It's been a day. Uh, stream problem, Matt in San Francisco. First cowbell of the evening. Matt in San Francisco says uh, they have a stream problem. They have medication for that now. Hey. <laughs> uh, thank you. Steve suggests if anyone's listening through the website, reload the page and then hit play afterwards. Oh, Darlene, that's another part of today's news. Darlene in Connecticut uh, just put on the table a $100 challenge in honor and memory of Alexei Navalny and says, no, you're coming in loud and clear. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you for both of those. A day after a court hearing, which was the last time he was seen publicly alive, Russian dissident leader 
Alexei Navalny was found dead of natural causes. Naturally, he's dead. Putin hated him. He was probably caused to be naturally dead by a natural FSB agent wielding some natural poison. At one point in time, they tried to poison him through his underwear. I read that news this morning and talked about it briefly with our pal Chris in Germany. And all I could think was, you know, that uh, all I could think of was that double-headed eagle that is the symbol of Mother Russia. Because that's the same double-headed eagle that was the symbol of the Byzantine Empire. The very same Byzantine Empire that was rather notorious for doing things like mm, poisoning people or cutting out tongues or gouging out eyes. Yeah, that Byzantine Empire. Turns out even a even a thousand years later the poison apple doesn't fall far from the poison tree. Because of course Mother Russia is largely a child of the Byzantine Empire. Uh, Lee in New York asking that wait, no windows were involved? Uh, Steve, I'll get to that in a minute because that's well kind of wild. Uh, huh, Lou in PA points out, Trump recently sold a property in D.C. that supposedly produced $375 million in cash. That would be the old post office building that Scott talked about so fondly, reminisced about so fondly, and the little magic shop across the street from it. Uh, the quote from the Wall Street Journal, courtesy of Lou, Trump's selling prized Washington, D.C. hotel for $375 million. That was November 14, 2021 at 843. CGI Merchant Group, a Miami-based investment firm, is in contract to acquire the hotel lease for the Trump International Hotel. So, well, almost... Almost three years ago. Hmm. wonder where that money went. Uh, Lee notes, Trump's fine. It will not bankrupt him. He plans to pay with NFT Trump playing cards. I, I, w I, wish, I wish that was less serious than it zanely sounds. Emilio. Alexei Navalny died naturally after he stabbed himself 26 times in the back. He was distraught over the Super Bowl. This is going to be the Super Bowl that continues to be talked about longer than any other Super Bowl aftermath in history. Bob Yule fell on his knife 27 times. Mm -hmm. But again, thank you for the challenge, Darlene. If we could knock that out in the next 45 minutes before we start on the front porch, that would be 
Fantastic. And uh, President Biden was not was not silent about Mr. Navalny's murder. Sorry, I'm looking for the. Eh, it's probably easier just to search it. Sorry about the. Uh, this is pre- a pregnant pause. In a story from USA Today, uh, President Biden straight up blamed the death of Alexei Navalny on Putin, uh, saying, make no mistake, Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. What has happened is yet more proof of Putin's brutality. No one should be fooled, not in Russia, not at home, not anywhere in the world. Ah, me, I'm still waiting for Marge Sporkfoot to accuse Navalny of having been trans. Yeah, maybe, maybe Andy Ogle, the, the, the corn, the corn pone, uh, uh, the corn pone George Santos can chime in on that as well. Uh, Lou adds, other sources say Trump has $425 million in cash. Be that as it may, I wonder what fucker Carlson has to say about what happened to Navalny. Uh, probably that he had it coming. It, maybe he could do the uh, song from the movie Chicago. Tell Mama Roxy's coming home. Uh, thank you. Brother Deacon Asa, thank you. Brother Deacon Asa just took Darlene's challenge down to $75 with, here's to Alexi, Godspeed. Thank you. Thank you, Asa. It was a blow to, it, it, it had to be a blow to any ideas of democracy there, but it's also telling as to just how insecure Pootie feels. He's old too, and we keep hearing that he's not in the best of health. Just yesterday, Alexei Navalny was seen joking on video in a court appearance at the uh, Klingon penal colony of Rurapente, now the Russian penal colony where he was being unjustly held. 
President Biden said he is neither surprised, but he he's the that he is both not surprised and outraged. There is no doubt that the death of Navalny is a consequence of something that Putin and his thugs did. Hmm. You reckon Nitwit Nero would ever have the courage to refer to Putin as a thug? Biden continued, we're looking at a whole number of options. This tragedy reminds us of the stakes at this moment. We have to provide the funding so Ukraine can keep defending itself against Putin's vicious onslaught and war crimes. And went on to call out Putin's enablers, other, uh, also known as the majority in the House of Representatives. That would include Mullah Mike Johnson. Mullah Moses Mike Johnson. Who said, of course, as we discussed, he won't consider an aid package until it's an aid package that has border security in it. Even though he personally had a hand in Navalnying. an absolutely vicious border uh, border bill that was put together by James Langford, who is just slightly to the right of Genghis Khan. President Biden said, failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. It's going to go down in the pages of history. It really is. It's, it's consequential. And the clock is ticking. Two weeks, he continued, sounding more than a little bit pissed. They're walking away. Two weeks. What are they thinking? My God, this is bizarre. Does that sound like a man not in control of his faculties? Once again, everything with the maggots is either projection or confession. And they know. Even as Stevie Three Shirts, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells, pointed out yesterday, his god emperor is in mental decline. Describing Navalny, President Biden said he bravely stood up to the corruption, the violence, all the bad things Putin's government was doing. Even all that didn't stop him from calling out Putin's lies. Even from prison, he was a powerful voice for the truth. He did it anyway because he believed so deeply deeply in his country. Uh, Meanwhile, Mullah Moses Mike issued a statement. He said, Navalny's death... is emblematic of Putin's global pattern of silencing critics and eliminating opponents out of fear of dissent. What he didn't say was that he would put forward the legislation passed by the Senate to provide desperately needed aid to Ukraine.
And that, of course, is because he's one of those people who's helping Putin silence dissent. It's also because Marge Sporkfoot has Mullah Mike Moses Johnson's testicles in an old mayonnaise jar in the back of her refrigerator next to several pints of her own urine and a bag of onions. So there's that. Oh, goodness gracious. Thank you, Charlene. Charlene in Rogues Island says, uh, Darlene's challenge, I'll match it. And if my $100 is matched, I'll add $50 more. So, goodness gracious. Thank you. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you, Darlene. Two, uh, two founding members of the sorority of Leans. And so that challenge is met. And a new challenge is on the table. Meet Charlene's, and she'll boost it by 50 bucks. And we will be well on the way uh, to being, well, we're almost fully funded for Tuesday. Wait, Wednesday? Ah, I said 900 bucks, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll be on the way to uh, fully funded for Wednesday. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Charlene. And Ralph's has a challenge on the table. Uh, $25 challenge in honor of Judge Ngoron's decision and for Mary Trump's Substack article today. Thank you, Ralph's. So we could have, by the end of this program, a little mid-February, Friday on the front porch, community-made miracle. And that would be magnificent. Mar Sporkfoot Marge's fridge, Matt in San Francisco, says, I would hate to have to clean her fridge. I suspect she hates too, too, and that's probably why it has all those pints of her own urine, a bag of onions, and, well, the old mayonnaise jar with uh, Mullah Moses Mike's testicles, and that's sitting next to the one, the old mayonnaise, the old peanut butter jar that has uh, Craven McCarthy's testicles. Because I don't think she ever gave them back. Thank you, George and Coarse Gold. Half of Darlene's, or uh, Charlene's challenge has now been met. $50 more. Charlene adds another 50 And that would get us into funding for yesterday. Thank you, George. Thank you so much. Other stuff, because it's going to be a very busy evening, I suspect. So he gets $354 million, uh, 355 in uh, disgorgement penalties. Journalism outfits are calling it damages. Let's be clear, it's not damages. These are, these are monies that Nitwit Nero defrauded the people of New York of and has belonged to the people of the state of New York all along. They're just finally going to make him pay. And so, lo and behold, uh, just minutes after the verdict broke, or news of the verdict broke, 
There he was. Right there on Tripe Social, triping away. Now, this is a man with the $355 million judgment against him for having committed fraud. The fake news used artificial intelligence to create the picture on the top left. It's a picture of him on the golf course with his white polo shirt and his stupid red hat and his stupid orange face. And he's in the middle of his backswing. And his big stupid gut is hanging over uh, the waist of his pants. These are despicable people, but everyone knows that. The other pictures of me hitting golf balls today to show the difference. Sadly, in our country, fake news is all you get. Aw, orange Julius Geezer. Honey, we've seen the pictures of you when that shirt is nice and sweaty. Back when you were the commander-in-chief. The guy who had the final say-so on, on our B-52s was a 52B. Not a D. Oh, and Darlene says, that was very nice of Charlene. Thank you, sis, from the Society of Leans. And thanks to the others who also helped and will help uh, with the two Leans challenges. It's a, yes, this is a uh, two-lean highway. I'll let myself out. But imagine that. I get, well, you know what? It makes sense. I won't say it makes sense, but I, I understand because he probably wanted to get his uh, weird little cult all good and uh, worked up about AI so that he could... Oh, that's not the real judgment. That was an AI judgment. Judge, that, 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 corrupt, that crooked, corrupt judge in New York and the clerk he was having an affair with are all AI bots. They're not even human. I wish that didn't make as much sense to me as it does. But here we are. But it, 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 he did eventually respond to the judgment. Took a couple of hours. That may have been the time spent cleaning, cleaning the ketchup off the walls. Previously, counsel for the parking garage, Alina Habana Habana Habana, had uncorked on Judge Angoran. So after that happened, then it went Nero uh, spoke for himself. A crooked New York State judge working with a totally corrupt attorney general who ran on the basis of I will get Trump before knowing anything about me or my company 
has just fined me $355 million based on nothing other than having built a great company. Election interference, witch hunt. Uh, a great company, election interference, and witch hunt were in all caps, of course. The justice, but he wasn't done. The justice system in New York State and America as a whole is under assault by partisan, deluded, biased judges and prosecutors. Racist, corrupt A.G. Tish James has been obsessed with getting Trump for years and used crooked New York State Judge Ingoron to get an illegal un-American judgment against me, my family, and my tremendous business. I helped New York City during its worst of times, and now while it is overrun with violent Biden migrant crime, they're Biden migrants. They're migrating to Bidenia. The radicals are doing all they can to kick me out. It's basically the same thing that he's been barking and grunting and hooting and squealing uh, inside the courtroom. Again, some more. Still. There are no victims, no damages, no complaints. Only satisfied banks and insurance companies, which made a ton of money. Great financial statements that didn't even include the most valuable asset, the Trump brand. Ironclad disclaimers, buyer beware and do your own due diligence. And amazing properties all over the world. All the other side had was a ridiculous $18 million valuation of magnificent Mar-a-Lago, an unconstitutional gag order, a consumer fraud statute never before used for this purpose, no jury allowed, and a refusal to send this disgusting charade to the commercial division where it would have been put to a deserving end. Wow. This case is over ever since the appellate division ended it on statute of limitations, also letting my daughter Iwanka out of this witch hunt. The Democrat club-controlled judge in Goron has already been reversed four times on this case. A shameful record, and he will be reversed again. We cannot let injustice stand, and we'll fight crooked Joe Biden's weaponized persecution at every step. Make America great again. Again, he may not even get past the first level of appeals. And he'll probably also have to put up the money. He'll have to escrow the money. Which means he won't be able to use it. Wonder how he's gonna how he's gonna squeeze this out of the rubes. I mean maggots. I mean I mean supporters. But it's been a meltdown kind of day. You know, time for me to. Uh, once again, refer back to the sage words of that great philosopher, Todd, in South Carolina. Hi, Todd. He ain't going to make it. And so he had another freak out about the Georgia case. They're talking about the Georgia felony scandal all over the world. In fact, by far, it is trending number one. I can't believe the Georgia State Judiciary or the governor could be happy about this humiliating embarrassment. It was a fake case from the start, and now everybody sees it for what it is, a major league scandal. 
Hmm. Gosh, if it was a major league scandal, then what is uh, Nitwit Nero hiding hush money payments to a porn star? The legal pundits, experts, and scholars are all screaming that this witch hunt, which has hurt so many fine people and patriots, should be immediately terminated. No, they're not. And permanently erased from everyone's memory. The stench of what has happened should shame Georgia no longer. It should get back to greatness and fast. <sighs> I was so taken up with uh, other stuff. I didn't even I didn't even catch what happened today. Might be well. We can talk about that too uh, here in about a half an hour. And then there's Mary Trump. Uh, speaking uh, yesterday, Mary Trump said uh, today, Donald's, he- uh, Donald's hearing before Justice Juan M. Mershon centered around the payments the State alleges he made to women with whom he had extramarital affairs in order to keep them quiet before the election. How'd it go? Here's a hint. The session ended with the judge reprimanding Donald's lawyers and threatening them with sanctions. There's no doubt that this case is more important to Donald than any of the others, and knowing him as I do, he is terrified. Apparently so is his lawyer, Alina Havana Havana Havana, who finally admitted, I'll be loud and booming after we get the decision. I mean, I'm not, I don't have... I don't have high hopes. A little tempted to cue up the song. What makes that little ant think he can't move a rubber tree plant? And Mary Trump alluded to something that had been mentioned by the Mooch, Anthony Scaramucci. Trump is out of money, which is why he's going hard at Ronald Romney so he can take over the RNC treasury. Responding to that, Mary Trump said, Donald has spent his entire adult life projecting an illusion of enormous wealth. Anytime anyone challenges that illusion, he has a temper tantrum. Excuse me. Too much gin on the cornflakes. She went on to remark, Mary Trump did, about Fonnie Will- Willis's testimony. That Fonnie Willis took the stand and stunned the defense attorneys trying to disqualify her from the state's election interference RICO case. When even a maggot judge you appointed and who has proven time and time again she'll bend over backwards to do your bidding suddenly refuses to, that's a bad day. And that was in regard to uh, Aileen Maggot Cannon refusing to uh, delay the trial of the documents case.
Let's see. You see, I don't know. Uh, Flavio says, why did Ngoron prohibit him from business in New York for three years only? Why not for life? As for where he's going to get his money, he'll take over the RNC's treasury via Laura Trump and rely on his usual marks. You know, Emery and Marveline in, the, in their matching Barca loungers there in their single wide at the Ballerina Swan Lake Trailer Court and Country Club. Yeah, that's probably exactly where the money will come from. Friend, send some money for Valentine's Day for my lovely wife, Melanie. Darlene in Connecticut says, Rock on, Judge and Goron. Now, some might think the award should be larger, but Lady Letitia wanted to appeal-proof the eventual judgment by asking for a lower amount, and guess what, folks? That amount does not include penalties, fees, fines, interest, and that could be six years' worth, LOL. By the time all is said and done, he will owe upwards of half a bill I don't like the measly three-year ban, but maybe Ngoron also listens to your show, Roxanne, and agrees with Todd. Trump ain't going to make it anyway. Now, there's a delightful little thought. A three-year business ban in New York might be life uh, with that shambolic, waddling, adipose wad of grievances, stupidity, and petty jealousies. Stoke the stroke, y'all. And, of course, yesterday we had the story of Alexander Smirnov, one of the star witnesses in the Biden crime family scandal. And now that that's blown up in Comer Pyle's face... And I still love the fact that it was done by David Weiss, the guy that was appointed to torment Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, the Benghazi of our time. Miss you, Scott. So now that Alexander Smirnoff has gone swirling down the toilet, Representative Jared Moskowitz showed up on CNN and he wanted to know what did Comer Pyle know and when did he know it? He asked almost exactly that. When did James Comer know this was false and how long did he conceal that from the American people? Are you telling me he just found out through the indictment or... Has he known all along, or at least for a period of time, that this 1023 form was made up? Those are real questions we need to get to the bottom of. And then there was Representative Robert Garcia of California, who went over to the website that Leon Scum really hates for you to call Twitter. Oh, but by the way, 
Stephen King schooled Leon Scum on that, pointing out um, I want to get this right because it was such a it was such a delightful little burn. Leon got butt hurt when Stephen King quote tweeted him uh, because Leon said stop dead naming X respect our transition you know once again uh, trying to be a shitty little troll and trying to make sport of trans people Stephen King quote tweeted it and said according to the New York Times terrorists may be paying for blue check marks on Twitter I refuse to call it X. And yes, uh, it turns out that Leon Scum will take anybody's money. Uh, Even Hamas, Hezbollah, Houthi rebels. Because they've all got blue check marks. How about that? And so Leon Scum, being the asshole that he is, got roasted thoroughly. Lesser heart Alejandra Caraballo, an instructor at Harvard Law School, said, uh, why stop dead naming Twitter? Why? No, 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 no. Respect our transition. Alejandra Caraballo said, why? You never respected your daughters. Ouch. And another individual said, if you can deadname your kid, we can deadname your app, Elon. You aren't owning anyone here. And then then Stephen King just bullied him. Dear Elon, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter, 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 Twitter. And so on. Fuck your need to put your personal brand on everything. And he, Stephen King can say that. And just as an aside, uh, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation uh, issues a social media safety index and said that uh, Leon Scum's hateful little platform is, quote, the most dangerous platform for LGBTQ people. Because it is. Uh, Going back to Robert Garcia of California, though, uh, he went on the website formerly known as Twitter. Twitter, 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 and said, James Comer's lead informant in his sham impeachment against POTUS was just indicted for lying and making up his claims. We demand Comer apologize to the present president and end this political stunt immediately. What a joke. And then there was Jamie Raskin. Special Counsel Weiss's investigation is just the most recent to debunk the Ukraine Burisma conspiracy theory at the heart of this fraudulent impeachment inquiry. Now let's look into Comer Pyle shell corporations. 
and of course, uh, wait, Matt in San Francisco says uh, uh, he ain't going to make it. You know, at the rate things are going, I really am craving popcorn. I mean, for a long time I've been thinking, the dude's just going to walk. We're not exactly known for accountability for presidents, unless you're a Democrat who fancies the interns. So I just kept thinking, he'll stall things till he drops. But it seems like things are starting to actually catch up with this putz. Actual stuff is impacting his wallet, something fierce. Taken together, he's almost half a billion. That's not just walking around cash. That is a sobering number. Not sure if it's high enough to occur to idiot Trump, but maybe. He must at least by this point realize that he's in deep shit. I'm sure that kind of stress is not good for the dementia. I mean, it's obvious that even the power structure ain't too fond of Donnie. I got five bucks on him being the found uh, being found buck naked in Times Square playing with himself. I'm wondering if I should narrow the timeline. I am here, Matt says, to watch all of it. Couldn't happen to a more deserving piece of DNA. That's two. That's two tonight, Matt, this afternoon. A more deserving piece of DNA. Well, I mean, uh, I think you should narrow the timeline, Matt, because we've already got $5 on him uh, spontaneously whipping whipping out Mr. Micro Happy and playing with it on live television. I don't know. Maybe that is narrowing it. You've narrowed it down to Times Square. Or maybe, wait, maybe when he's in the wheelchair with the plaid blanket over his lap and the bib on and the oatmeal drool and one hand under the blanket. I think the bookies would pay on that one, too. Well, there went dinner in the Eastern Standard Time Zone, and that one's on me. And a little bit on that. Darlene in Connecticut, I would love to see Moskowitz go further and call for the resignation of the Putin-Russia insurrectionist um, Colmer Puke and Chuck Grassley, Chuck Grassy-ass et al., and for there to be an ethics investigation into all of them, in whatever order. Um, long shot, maybe some FARA violations are mixed in there, too. Foreign Agent Registration Act. Oh, I don't know if that's such a long shot. Don't leave out Marge, because she's the true beating heart of that Republican majority now. Party of Lincoln, y'all. Oh, my heavens. And uh, Christopher in Oregon with a note. Donnie's $355 million judgment. I guess we'll be seeing a new set of Dingleberry Donnie NFTs released to the rubes. Donnie dressed up in multiple Barbie outfits, Donnie Dune action figures. Collect them all, y'all, for only 41238 bucks. <laughs> Barbie outfits? Damn it, I thought I took I, I thought I took out dinner in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. 
this is early enough. This may have completely trashed Billable Rick's snack. Imagine this, says Lee in New York. Trump taking Amtrak between court cases. Trump hitchhiking between court cases. Trump stuck on the road shoulder in the golf cart with a drained battery. Don't threaten me with a good time, Lee. Uh, Lee also asked, is this too much to hope for? Trump gets all the RNC funds. Republicans campaign for votes by standing on street corners. Democratic Party landslide. Ooh, that... hmm. That one's kind of, that's kind of bracing. Well, it, it is. It's yeah. Uh, Stephen New York saw the same thing I did. It's three hundred and sixty-four million, but he's liable for three hundred and fifty-four of it. Four million dollars each has to come from uh, Trader Tot and Eric the Dumber. And then there are the then there's the maggots. With the announcement of the judgment, uh, the uh, the denizens of of of, of East Blogistan lost their tiny what passes for minds. Uh, one dude, Mike Davis, predictably Democrat New York AG Tish James and Manhattan Judge Arthur N. Goron, two hyper-partisan Democrat clowns, are attempting to destroy Trump and his businesses. This is part of the Democrats' lawfare and election interference because they fear voters on November, 20, November the 5th, 2024. Then there's Joe Pagliarulo. Why, why do, why do I every time I see his name, why do I think of uh, a line in some Frank Zappa song? Uh, he just said that Letitia James and Judge and Goron are horrible human beings. They're horrible, horrible human beings. Trump should move all of his businesses to Florida. New York is losing people faster than anyone else. The tax base is running from that state. Not to be not to be outdone. Little Miss Sporkfoot threw a hissy of her own. This is outrageous. The entire case is built off the absurd claim that President Trump's first-class Mar-a-Lago, situated on some of the most expensive property in the country and the world, is worth only $18 million. Man, they still haven't sorted that out. Damn. And But she wasn't done, Sporkfoot. This sham persecution is Letitia James fulfilling her campaign promise to go after Trump. A nasty woman. Oh, honey, it takes one to know one. These people belong in jail for the abuse of power they're wielding against President Trump and his family. Oh, God, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. But there's one other little Trump thingy today that I find somewhat interesting. 
<laughs> well, his lawyer's fucked up again. They're saying, you know, by, by way of by way of trying to keep the rubes on the hook. They're saying it was a choice. But it's probably just another matter of Alina Habana 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 Council for the Parking Garage screwing up some more. Because they say that they have chosen chosen not to appeal a D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruling against him from last December regarding civil litigation that is pending against him, brought against him by police officers and uh, members of Congress who were at January 6th and were subject to attack by the ravening horde of domestic terrorist maggots. And so he did not appeal in a timely fashion. And now those civil suits will go forward. Corrupt judges, lawfare! Yeah, he can cry that all he wants, but... The fact of the matter is, it was a losing argument anyway, because the President of the United States can be civilly sued that was made abundantly clear by the efforts of uh, folks like dead Ken Starr who looked the other way when women were being raped at a Baptist University in Texas hello Baylor and his uh, minion and ward beer boofing brat Kavanaugh But Trump spokes creep Stephen Chung, trying to put a brave face on it, said, President Trump will continue to fight for presidential immunity all across the spectrum. Right, there's a spectrum. Oh, dear. It's, it seems like somebody did, Ralph's. Uh, Ralph's asking, so, uh, so, Alina Havana 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 screwed up that trial too? It appears. I, w I wonder what kind of legal malpractice coverage she's carrying. I wonder if she's got, you know, a half a billion dollar limits coverage. Uh, Steve and I are in accord on this one, Steve in New York. It's exactly what I thought. He got hobbified. Help me, I'm being hobbified. I don't know where that came from. Uh, so here we are. We've, uh, if, we, uh, if we get another $50 in on the challenge that Darlene started in, in, uh, in memoriam for Alexei Navalny, and which Charlene in Rogues Island the Society of Leans, answered and then said she would throw in another $50 if someone met the 100 
Well, George and Course Gold met half of that hundred. We've got half of that to go. And then, uh, so that would amount to, so that would amount to 350 out of the $900 we need to raise. And then Ralph's has a challenge on the table. Um, the $25 Mary Trump Judge and Goron challenge. And that would get us to 400. And that would be really, really good because, well, I have these, I have these crazy little desires like, you know, paying phone bills and paying the internet bill and paying the water bill and, oh, I know, this is frivolous, paying for my health insurance. So uh, at present there are 50, no, 75 more dollars on the table that are sitting there waiting to double 75 coming in. Thanks, Ralphs. Thanks, Charlene. Thanks, George. Thank you. Thank you so much, Darlene. Thanks to Charlie earlier. Value of Mar-a-Lago. Lee in New York says uh, most of the value is in the top secret documents. And thank you, uh, thank you, Steve, for the challenge from last night. And I don't know how old this photo is of Alina Havana Havana Havana, but I think she's got a new hair color. Addressing the verdict in a statement, counsel for the parking garage said, This verdict is a manifest injustice, plain and simple. His big, 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 big numbers verdict is the culmination of a multi-year politically fueled witch hunt that was designed to take down Donald Trump before Letitia James ever stepped foot into the Attorney General's office. Oh, don't cry. Don't cry, counsel, for the parking garage. And she put the statement up on, uh, she, uh, she posted it as an excrement on X. Do you really want us to use your new, your new name, Leon? Because it lends itself to a lot of fun. Uh, Habba, Habba blabbers, Habba blabbers outside the courtroom, stumbles and bumbles inside it. Just admit you're as sick of using the joke of a phrase witch hunt as we are of hearing it, okay? It's over for you. Go back to wambulance chasing. I have a feeling it's a lot easier representing a parking garage. Among other things, parking garages don't pout. Stop it, Robin, says Lee in New York. Alina Haba has nothing to worry about. Trump can't sue because he has no money. No attorney who wants to get paid will work for him. Ooh, there's a, there's a strategery. But there's something else in here, too. He may want to see the, civil, the D.C. civil suits go on to judgment sooner rather than later so that he can file one big bankruptcy all at once. 
the thing is, I don't know if it'll help him. Never practiced bankruptcy law. But I know a little bit here and there. And I know when you file bankruptcy, there is an automatic stay of pending litigation. It can be lifted upon a showing of fraud or bad faith, something like that. I'll bet you Billable Rick knows about this a lot more than I do. But what will it be, his ninth, his 11th, his 92nd bankruptcy? But that may be a part of it as well. Oh, well, Brother Deacon Acey, you got me. Power bill, schmauer bill. We know you spend it all on foie gras. <sighs> Who told you about my foie gras problem? Ah, can't keep any secrets around here. I saw that, Steve. Thank you very kindly. Uh, apparently, uh, thank you, George and Corsgold. Uh, A.G. Letitia James is live right now and speaking. Uh, perhaps we should check in on that. Well, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Uh, I don't see it anywhere. Try another option. Ah, there she is. Ad has to go by first. Coverage of New York Attorney General Letitia James remarking on the civil fraud ruling against former President Donald Trump. Live coverage on C-SPAN. No matter how rich, powerful, or politically connected you are, everyone... Ooh, he's watching and he's hating. We have a responsibility to protect the integrity of the marketplace. And for years, Donald Trump engaged in deceptive business practices and tremendous fraud. Donald Trump falsely, knowingly, inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself, his family, and to cheat the system. Donald Trump may have authored... The art of the deal, but he perfected the art of the steal. This long-running damn was intentional. 
egregious, illegal. And he did it all of this, he did all of this with the help of the other defendants, his two adult sons and senior executives at the Trump Organization. And so, after 11 weeks of trial, we showed the staggering extent of his fraud and exactly how Donald Trump and the other defendants deceived banks, insurance companies, and other financial institutions for their own personal gain. We proved just how much Donald Trump, his family, and his company unjustly benefited from his fraud. Today, the court, once again, ruled in our favor and in favor of every hard-working American who plays by the rules. Donald Trump and the other defendants were ordered to pay $463.9 million. That represents $363.9 million in disgorgement, plus $100 million in interest, which will continue to increase every single day until it is paid. Donald Trump, the former chief financial officer of the Trump Organization, Alan Weisselberg, and the former controller of the Trump Organization, Jeffrey McConney, are each banned from serving as an officer or director of any New York company for three years. Mr. Weisselberg and Mr. McConney are also banned for life from serving in a financial management role in any New York company. Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump are banned from serving as an officer or director of any New York company for two years. And Donald Trump and his companies are banned from applying for loans. This sounds like an excommunication. Bank or financial institution for three years. A new independent director of compliance will be created at the Trump Organization to ensure the company establishes internal protocols and meets financial reporting obligations. And the current independent external monitor will continue to oversee the company's financial dealings and ensure this fraud cannot continue. I want to be clear. White-collar financial fraud is not a victimless crime. When the powerful break the law and take more than their fair share, there are fewer resources available for working people, small businesses, and families. And everyday Americans cannot lie to a bank about how much money they have in order to get a mortgage to buy a home, or a loan to keep their business afloat, or to send their child to college. And if they did, our government would throw the book at them. I want to thank the entire incredible and hardworking team in my office that tried this case. Because the scale and the scope of Donald Trump's fraud is staggering. And so too is his ego and his belief that the rules do not apply to him. Today, we are holding Donald Trump accountable. We are holding him accountable for lying cheating and a lack of contrition and for flouting the rules that all of us must play by because there cannot be different rules for different people in this country and former presidents are no exception this decision is a massive victory for every american who believes in that simple but fundamental pillar of our democracy
that the rule of law applies to all of us equally, fairly, and justly. Thank you. As Stephen New York just pointed out, excommunication. At the end, I expected her to say, and they are all anathema and may not be buried in hallowed ground. I excommunicate thee. Uh, Steve adding, wow, she stuck the shiv in, twisted it, doused it in alcohol, and I'll add, then broke it off. Hoo-wee! That's a lot, Uncle Jed. Darlene in Connecticut pointing out, if Trump files for bankruptcy, then he won't be able to continue to cash in on the grifting and heisting of his 35% gullible, uneducated MAGA base, right? Theoretically, no. Or else he'll have, or else he would have to set up a uh, a new grift. That was such a burn down. That's historic. Uh, let's see here. Darlene um, adds, the things I think of. If Trump starts, well, we've crossed over into the second hour of the program, so <sighs> dinner in the Central Standard Time Zone is in the barrel now. The things I think of, Darlene says, if Trump starts dropping trowel and playing with his mushroom, then that'll reveal he has a poopy diaper, so I don't think he's going there. Cowbell maybe, cowbell definitely. Mm, yeah. Y'all in the Mountain Standard Time Zone, I wouldn't, I, you know, I'd just cancel dinner or do a shot or something. Because I have a feeling it's going to just, it's, on, it's only going to get worse. Darlene's on the case. God knows God knows what Dave and the Blind is thinking right now. Matt's hard at work. Oh, Billable, put down the snack and step away step away from the subway sub. Let's do uh, go ahead and connect and go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree that we sublet from the Keebler Elves. Like I said, this should be a rousing conversation. Five folks with ten bucks or ten folks with uh, five bucks, and uh, that turns into another 50. So hopefully we'll uh, get that uh, get that going. Oh, let's check in. Uh, looks like Jeremy's running the show this evening. Hey, Jeremy. Um, uh, hang on. Wait a minute. You me. Yeah, there we go. 
I think you're in the board now. Try me again. Yep, I should be. Yeah, you are. Good, good, good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I do. I do indeed. The heck. Okay, there's Kevin. There's a guest. Okay, there's Kevin. There's a guest. And I'm hearing me. There's Roger. Anybody? Bueller? Is the audio being weird? There's Steve in New York. Hey, Steve. Hey, Robin. Hey, Kevin. Hey. Uh, Trying to get my volume here. Hold on. And I know, and somebody's got me echoing back at myself. Lee in New York asking Trump fundraising. Can he set up a Go Grift Me page? We're going to be generous with the cowbells this evening. Clarence writes and says, Trump's innocence. Ha, 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 Or maybe, the, I don't know, should that should that be a monkey up laugh? Ha! The witch hunt could be, could be shut down if Trump's defense teams presented evidence that proves without a shadow of doubt that he didn't commit a crime. So far, that's not happened. Trump's legal teams have the obligation of proving the prosecution's claims are wrong. Until that happens, the spiral of destruction will continue. God, spiral of destruction sounds like a truly kick-ass punk band name. (laughs) Robin, your DeSantis laugh sounds like a dying crow. Hi, Christopher. I think hi. Is that I think that may be what I'm going for. Ha! Oh, special thanks to Dave and the Blind. Chex Mix was fantastic. Unfortunately, the cottage, whatever it is, mix came the following day. So I had to do it do without and just do it the plain old oh, Dave the, ba- and the, the, Blind the, the, ba- the bacon blue cheese stuff. Yeah. Damn the luck. You know. That's okay. Maybe I'll throw a Mardi Gras party. We uh, we ended up doing it big for the Super Bowl. Good, Ben. And Ben, were you at the parade? I wanted to ask you about that. No, I didn't go this year because la- I went uh, last year, and the porta potty situation last year was totally horrible. You couldn't even get to the bathroom. But I remember is, you saying it, that, so you decided against it. Well, I you, gratefully you decided correctly. I just can't stop thinking about all the victims. I know. I can imagine. And now they're talking about if this happens, if we have another Super Bowl parade, there's going to be mail detectors. Well, what are they? I guess they're going to have to, you're going to have to do the same thing that Boston's doing with the marathon now. Yep. Unbelievable. Welcome to America. Only America. American exceptionalism. Even some people that were there that were, that were responsible gun owners said, I kept my firearm at home. There's no need to bring a firearm to a Super Bowl parade, a celebration. And I agree. There's no need to bring a firearm to a celebration like that. 
you know, the you list in a normal the, universe. Yeah, Ben, the list of places where there's no need to bring a firearm is a hell of a lot longer than the list of people where it, it is a good idea. Exactly. It's it's stupidity. It's kindergarten, a church, I saw synagogue. A, yeah, I a saw mosque. a photo. I saw a photo the other day <laughs> of some masculine man of masculine masculinity walking out of a grocery store. A grocery store. Um, strapped with strapped with a semi-automatic pistol on his left hip, a semi-automatic pistol on his right hip, and a semi-automatic pistol tucked into his back waistband. I do. Where I do where where he will eventually shoot his ass off. I do have something interesting to share with you guys about the the the. The uh, tragedy at the parade, and this is not tied to the the suspects that were shooters, because there were three suspects total, but only two of them were shooters. Now, the third suspect was arrested for drunk and disorderly conduct, but here's the interesting thing about him: he was not a legal citizen of this country, and they found out that he was actually involved with a bombing in Fort Worth, Texas, on January 8th, and he crossed the border in December. Who are they? Some, some, the local news here. View that with skepticism. Yeah. Sounds shady. Sounds like a shady story to me. Because, see, the... Sounds like Bruga Bruga written all over it. Yeah. Bruga Bruga Bruga, normal, whoosh, because they found a new place for an intersection of hate. Uh, I, I, I didn't even talk about it on air, y'all, but you may recall that, what was it, last Sunday, somebody walked into Joel Osteen's mega church and opened fire? Yeah, I heard about this happening. And no, I mean, the cordite was still in the air. When uh, Chaya Ratchik was already on li- uh, 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 fascists of TikTok, claiming that the shooter was trans. She was apparently Salvadoran. And they went wild misgendering her. And Trader Tot, who of course adores fascist of TikTok, Chaya Ratchik, immediately said, the trans community is the most dangerous people in the whole white world. Yeah, but if you run the number, if you run the numbers, the percentage of mass murderers who are trans is something on the order of 0.11%. That is... Eleven one hundredths of one one hundredth of all the mass shooters in this country. So they hate immigrants, and this person was Salvadoran. They hate trans people. Hey, let's say they were both a transadoran. God, I do. I do have a little bit of. I guess you could say it's positive news, but it's not because of the tragedy. The, the, the one person that was killed at the parade. The Kansas City Chiefs set up a GoFundMe for her family, 
and Taylor Swift donated a hundred thousand dollars to that GoFundMe. That's really nice. That's good to hear. Have they come up with any motive in this? Because the only thing I've seen seems to be it might have been some kind of a domestic or turf war between rival miscreants. Yeah, that's what they think it was. I think it was a gang fight that that uh, turned deadly because one of the two had an assault rifle. Is this the woman that brought her child with to the shooting? Yeah, the the Joel Osteen one, yeah. Yeah, how about that? He gives a grifter himself. And and then the cops responding shot the kid. Yeah. Unbelievable. But the the fact that there was an AR-15 at the parade, at, but but again, it's Missouri, Stan. Uh-huh. And so you can carry your AR-15 Freedom Protector Blue Steel penis extend, extension with you anywhere you want to go. That's right. You could take it to the old folks' home. You could take, yeah, anywhere. Wally World. But the governor Weekly, was Weekly. real quick to duck off with his... Uh, State police protection. Oh, he shit his pants and broke camp, Roger. Oh, I know. That's what I what I'm saying. But I missed that, Roger. What, what happened? Oh, the the governor was there, and as soon as the first shot was fired, his uh, state police escort and he um, did the uh, Wiley Coyote exit stage right. <laughs> As fast as they could. Yeah, um, brave Sir, or, yeah, Sir Robin, or, or, uh, Monty Python routine. Yeah, bravely ran away. Oh, I didn't. No, I was thinking more like he turned into a Romulan and all you saw was asshole and elbows. <laughs> well, the other thing to uh, consider here, apparently there were approximately 800 members of the duly authorized quasi-state militia that were well-armed and in attendance. So any argument about a well-armed group of people being in the neighborhood can prevent this kind of shit is absolutely, as we all know, fallacious. Yeah, and, and, or, or, or for the, uh, uh, the uh, Appalachians and various other types in the audience, bullshit! Because I refer us again to the sage words of our buddy Mark behind the corn pone. Well, I guess behind the uh, uh, behind the Florida curtain, you can't out ambush an ambush. And here we are. Well, it's been said uh, frequently that no matter how good your protection is, if the shooter is not worried about dying. There is absolutely no way to protect yourself. I mean, look at Ronald Reagan. He damn near got offed in D.C. when he was totally surrounded. It's only the guy that couldn't figure out how to shoot straight that uh, saved Ronnie Reagan's life. Yeah, if only, if, if only the if only uh. 
the guy who shot John Lennon and the guy who shot Reagan had you know, traded places. <sighs> Might still have John. Yeah, the uh, the mayor of Kansas City and the Kansas City, Missouri uh, police chief and the Jackson County sheriff and the uh, the uh, head of the Missouri State Troopers have all said that the next year, if we have another Super Bowl parade, security is going to be really tight next time. But okay. how can they – either they're going to say you can't open carry at the parade, which would be a violation of the law, or they're going to tell them you can't come to the parade because we've declared a gun-free zone. I mean, how are the maggots going to handle that one? I don't know. Uh, well, they'll, they'll, the minute that it gets announced, they will go to court and try to get an injunction. Uh but I want, I want to point out something here, uh, and, and Ben, uh, 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 Stephen New York shared this with me. Uh, I talk a lot about the fact that we have to be discriminating, discerning consumers of media. I have before me here, courtesy of Stephen New York, an AP fact check story. Posts share erroneous information about suspect identification in Casey Mass shooting. Claim, a 44-year-old migrant named Sahil Omar was identified as one of the shooters at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade on Wednesday. AP's assessment, false. Three juveniles were detained and one was later released in the investigation into the shooting that broke out at the conclusion of the parade festivities. The name Sahil Omar, along with the same description, has been used before on social media to make similar erroneous claims in connection with a January explosion in Fort Worth, Texas, and a December shooting in Las Vegas. Uh, For instance, uh, uh, one post on uh, the website formerly known as Twitter said, At least one of the Kansas City Chiefs parade shooters identified as Sahil Omar, a 44-year-old illegal immigrant. Biden has failed to protect America from invasion and terrorism. It was liked 24,000 times. Please, all of us, be more discerning. Be more discriminating. If it's sensational, it's probably not true. And in point of fact, Ben, when you brought it up, what were the first words out of my mouth? I don't think so. So I, I think I think it's just it's just good praxis. Uh, Matt in San Francisco says, uh, "Good guys with guns, come on now." We all know you have to have 801 cops before the protection takes effect. And yeah, uh, uh, Roger, you said uh, quasi-militia. It was my understanding those were cops. Straight up, oath-sworn cops. But I'm being very broad in my terms of militia. This is an organization of people, organized, trained, well-regulated, armed. To the teeth, yes protecting, in quotes, the populace. Yeah, they are the well-regulated, they are, at least in theory, the well, a version of the well-regulated militia contemplated by the holy, sacred Second Amendment. Yeah, I, I see what you were doing there. 
No, that's what I was referring to, was the Second Amendment. Yes. Oh, and by the way, a note coming in from Brother Deacon Asa. Okay, hold on. The transes may not be number one on the list of mass shooters, but they are number one in mass murder. You conveniently forgot to count all the hurricanes and earthquakes you all hurled towards every able-bodied Christian across the fruited plain. You left out the volcanoes again, Asa. And derechos. Yeah, them too. You know, I, all, all those years ago, 2012, I probably drew that derecho toward West Virginia just with my innate transness. Damn it. Well, you didn't have a black Sharpie to draw a new route. That's your problem, <laughs> <Yeah>. Robin. <laughs> like I said, we're going to be generous with the cowbells this evening. Your secret special trans Sharpie. <laughs> Speaking of uh, things like that, I, I tried to find it again to post it in the chat, but I couldn't locate it. The uh, fellow who took the color of the eyelids of Trump's face and made his whole, uh, the eyelids, and put that color onto his entire face and removed his comb over uh, using Photoshop and posted a picture of what Trump probably looks for looks like before he gets his makeup done in the morning and, and his hair coiffured, um, side-by-side portraits. God, he looked ugly. I have no doubt that he is. Remember, precious princess I wank my daddy Trump Kushner, said that it took her two hours to do his hair every morning. Oh, that's so nice and daughterly of her to spend two hours taking care of daddy's hair in the morning. I wonder, well, I mean, I kind of wonder who's doing it now. It ain't her. And it's sure as shit not melanoma. Maybe they teach that. Yeah, maybe they teach that in... uh, in uh, parking garage Lawrence School. I was going to say, maybe it's counsel for the parking garage. <laughs> it's a humanities class. If I spend two minutes brushing my hair in the morning, even more of it would be falling out. Hey, Roger, great, great time, man. It was great yeah. to see you, and thanks for the poppers, and sorry, half the Half the crew left before they got to have them. Have you finished them up yet? No, I have not. And, and I was well, going to ask because that sounded I got like so a really much food left over. Oh my god! That sounded uh, like a really good time, Christopher. It was. It really was. And what a great game! Except our host ran out of beer. I did. Can you believe that shit? There's never no alcohol in this house, Christopher. They're going to pull your Chicago card. I know. I know. Well, there was I, one person that didn't run out. Yeah, you. Me, yeah. He brought his own. Budweiser. Um, I wish you guys were here because as soon as Mahomes threw that final touchdown, as soon as that final touchdown connected in the end zone, you guys should have heard all the fireworks going off. I can imagine. 
Okay, now remember, there was a moratorium on the Super Bowl. Uh, Kim, uh, Kim in New York. Well, who said that? Kim in, New York, Kim in New York asked very sweetly on Tuesday, could we please not talk about the Super Bowl or Taylor Swift anymore? And then Wednesday happened. So we had to talk about... Bye. Matt. Matt's, collect, Matt's collecting cowbells this evening. Uh, Two-hour hair. That's more than teasing. That's downright torturing. <laughs> that was the first cowbell. Like I said, he's collecting. The next message. Poppers? Oh, jalapenos. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Signed, Emily Latella. <laughs> Ahi Amarillo, not not jalapenos. Yeah, they were really good. Still not the still They're not big, still not the poppers that Matt <laughs> had in mind. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen those since college. Where did he get them? Oh, den mother. Christopher would stuff, like to. But... Oh, dead yeah. mother, Christopher would like to know where to get poppers. <laughs> I imagine if you walked into downtown Portland, you could probably find them. Yeah. You could probably even drive. I don't <sighs> think you're supposed to be driving if you have those. I didn't say you could use them and drive. I just said you didn't have to walk into downtown Portland. That might be a little hike. <laughs> Then Chris has a street that'll swallow a Volkswagen to get to his house. <laughs> Off the beaten path, you would say a little bit, Roger. Yeah, and down an obscure driveway. Mm-hmm. Even Garmin couldn't find it. Are you are you saying you didn't take the MG with you the other night? The other oh day? no, I did not take the Spitfire. At, uh, oh, try no, the Spitfire. The Spitfire is a, a fair weather car. Uh, we had our British Car Club meeting last night, and we always have a raffle of the people who brought, drive their car to the meeting. And last night we had like 18, 19 people in attendance, and not a single person brought their little British car because the weather was just shitty. That's too bad. And a, and a lot of these little British cars... If they haven't been fully redone, although most of the club have redone theirs, come with six volt batteries, and uh, headlights and six volt batteries, um, somebody can see you coming, but it's kind of hard to see where you're going. That doesn't that 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 sounds suboptimal, Roger. Yeah, well, days are starting to get longer, and so it won't be as much of a problem when the meeting gets over and it's still daylight. But right now, the when the meeting gets over, it's dark. Um, speaking of daylight savings time, which uh, are you more? yeah, Kansas, Kansas is talking about putting it on the ballot in November to end it. Yeah, hasn't it hasn't it uh, outlived its usefulness? Yeah, it right? depends on which story you read for why it was instituted. <laughs> I 
Well, I thought it had to do with uh, agricultural. Well, there's stories about agricultural work, and there's also stories about for schools, and there's also stories about the electricity consumption uh, and the, the World War II type stuff. But when I was working in the woods, they didn't give a shit about daylight savings time. We started to work a half hour after sunrise. We started to work a half hour before sunrise. Uh, and they just kept adjusting what time we showed up to go to work. So in the middle of summer, I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning to be able to get to work. In the middle of winter, I could sleep in until 6.30 and still make it to work. Hey, can I nominate uh, Fuck Around and Find Out Pawnee Willis for president in 28? <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> God, she roasted him yesterday. Oh, she, oh, I mean. She was pissed off. And I, she had every fucking right to be. I, I saw a side-by-side -side photo of Fonnie Willis and Hillary Clinton, and it was Hillary testifying to uh, uh, Trey Gowdy, the, that man made of wax with condensation on him during the 11-hour grilling. And they were basically the same. They, they, were, they were both the same resting bitch faces. Well, what got to me as I was looking at that, her testifying yesterday and all the rest of it, what she really wanted to say, and she alluded to it, why the fuck are you asking me about my sex life when those assholes over there were trying to steal a goddamn election? What, what me and my boyfriend did has absolutely not a fucking thing to do with the crime that was committed. It doesn't matter whether we, we were right or wrong or anything else, but what right do you have to accuse me of being wrong when these assholes over here, your clients, are the ones that stole the fucking election? Shut this motherfucking thing down. It has nothing to do with any kind of reality that we're dealing with. And I know she couldn't say that. but No, she could not. And the judge... Judge uh, gently reminded her to, you know, judge the judge did his job. I'll judge tell you, I'll tell you what, what I was on. I'll tell you what I was honestly waiting for was, wait a minute. You're worried about who I dated. Are we have I got that right? And those prosecutors are married, so they're knocking boots, too. Yeah, but I mean, it. Did they go the, the, to the Bahamas or Barbados or wherever the fuck? No, but I mean, no, I would. I was waiting for her to say, "Can't wait for somebody to tell a, sit, a current sitting associate Supreme Court justice who's married who's married to a woman who uh, actively participated in the insurrection about all this." And so that presents the that may be part of the strategy. Nitwit Nero needs Fappy's vote on the court. And so if Bonnie Willis stays, and she should, this whole thing should be put to bed at this point. Yeah. Or And have a stake driven through its heart. Well, well Monday that should happen. Well, and then the maggots will say, well, they, can't, they let her continue to persecute our dear leader. That means Clarence Thomas don't have to step down even though he's married to somebody who was trying to steal the election. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, Christopher, uh, Matt says any adult store. As for <laughs> poppers. Oh, okay. I'm so old, I remember when it was called Locker Room. You feel all forget this is a black woman trying to prosecute rich white men. That's the problem here. That's the only problem here. Yeah, just, well, yeah, yeah, she had, yeah, Jeremy, she has the same problem that uh, Letitia James has. Mm-hmm. Did any of you also uh, tune in to this thing about her keeping cash in the house? Uh-huh. And, that was yeah. interesting. And, and they, they were drilling her on that. But yeah. I caught something earlier today that her daddy once went on a trip and went to a restaurant or something like that, tried to play, pay with an American Express card. They wouldn't take it. So we kind of thought that it was because they didn't take American Express, like a lot of places don't. So he whipped out a Visa or a MasterCard, something like that. No, they don't take that either. I'll pay you by check. No, we don't take that either. And it turns out the reason they wouldn't take his credit card was because he was black. And they needed he needed to pay cash. The business wouldn't accept any other form of payment, which is one of the reasons that in his ongoing life has always told his daughter to make sure she has plenty of cash on her to get herself out of quasi embarrassing situations. Yeah, well, obviously that credit card was stolen and the check was forged. Yeah, obviously. I was thinking um, when I was listening to that. Um, hi, everybody. Hi, hi David. <laughs> I was thinking when I was listening to that about what it would have possibly been like for a black man being raised in the Jim Crow South and why it would be necessary to keep cash in the house at all times, especially if for some reason a clans person or someone dressed in a hood would need to, for some reason, um, would, would try to, I mean, look at what happened to Shea Moss and Ruby Friedman, right? People were threatening their lives. In the Jim Crow South, it would have been perfectly understandable for a black man to keep cash on, on them to get up and go if they needed to. That's what I was thinking. That, yeah. that and that's probably that's part of, probably well. part of it, too. And, David, that dovetails, and Roger, that dovetails uh, with, uh, well, some predictable... Uh, predictable stupidity from uh, Sporkfoot. Fawny, because, you know, they're pals. They're gal pals. And uh, so she calls her Fawny, not Ms. Willis or District Attorney Willis. It's black. Fawny just advised that you should have six months of expenses in cash at your house at all times. Home invasions in Fulton County are about to skyrocket. And Fonny won't prosecute because she's only trying to get Trump. Oh, you stupid, stupid God, woman. this bitch. <sighs> Ron Philipkowski said, this is a lie. She testified her father told her that growing up. But she said, I don't do that. Another individual said, this is a lie. She testified her father told her that growing up. A maggot, however, said... Keeping that much money in her home is asking for her to get robed. Robed? Robed. R-O-B-E-D. <laughs> well, I mean, they are maggots after all. 
Some of them do have robes. Yes. And that's a different nice way of... bright white that, ones. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Candida. Chalked extra white. But, well, <laughs> that's a different way of referring to being visited by the clan, isn't it? Getting robed. Jesus, that woman is so toxically stupid. Well, and then you, you, you talked about this, Robin, yesterday. If you dig into the go down the rabbit hole a little bit, you find out the Koch brothers are behind all this shit, or at least not behind this, uh, but, but, but behind, behind that. Behind so much. Insurrectionist, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I was actually talking to uh, Miss Terry earlier today, and I said, I really want to know, and this was in, in regard to all this stupid anti-trans legislation, yeah, because they hold public hearings, and then no matter how strongly the public objects, they do it anyway, because that's what they've been paid to do by these tax-exempt grifts. But the question is, where are the tax-exempt grifts getting the money to do this with? And Terry responded to me, billionaires, probably billionaires. And that's, that's true. And that tells us a little bit more about the toxic state of campaign finance law in this country. A billionaire can, without disclosing, give away God alone knows how much money just to torture other people. The, the New York Times has been, for a long time, absolutely toxic uh, to trans people. But I was somewhat pleased to see that the Washington Post was pushing back a little bit. Um, noting that uh, trans people all over the country are scared to death because these maggot legislatures have moved on to ch from children to adults. It's nice to see a major a newspaper, a newspaper of record, uh, actually speaking out for mildly for once. And of course, well, Missouri's one of the leading states for that. You can have all the guns you want and take them anywhere you want to, but you can't go anywhere you want to and be trans. It's infuriating. Uh, a couple more notes. Uh, Matt in San Francisco says, let's be honest. If Fonny was a white man, it wouldn't have been brought up. Although with rump, there's no low too low. So at worst, they would have had the hearing in private and we never would have known about it. That was a high-tech lynching. Trump just wanted to send out a message to the world. Anyone who tries to get me, I'll drag every torrid detail of your life out for the world to see. Call it a future lawsuit avoidance tactic. And Matt adds, oh, and I'm going to sell T-shirts. A man is not a plan. I'm going to make millions. Well, I'll buy the first one. I love that. I, I think we should, I think we should, have, yes, we, and, it, you know, white T-shirt, black letters, a man is not a plan. That was so good. Of course, everything she said was powerful. And you could tell she was scared. 
That's part of what. That's part of what came across and gave her so so much credibility. Clarence says, "Open carry. The gun owners who exercise their open carry privilege are not only dangerous; they're foolish." I can speak to this with authority because I'm a combat veteran. Critical thinking is not used when you open carry. The first thing you surrender is the element of surprise. Advertising to those who want to harm is a tactical error. The second thing is open carry owners are primed for ambush. Your adversary knows what they're up against, so they prepare accordingly. The owner with multiple weapons is carrying for the adversary that gets the upper hand. The majority of gun owners have never been shot at or never been in a shootout. Trust me, all those thoughts of what you'll do when you're attacked or shot at will dissipate rapidly. Open carry is an ego trip that will get you in turmoil very fast. Should also add, and probably never will be shot at. Right. I've had a bullet whiz past my head. It is not a... uh, It's not something that lends itself to sober contemplation. Many, many years ago, I was was literally putting together a swing set for my babies. And my neighbor, a couple of hundred yards down down the way, was for some reason or another, otherwise known as drunk, Sighting in his twenty-two, and I heard something go here, right by my ear. And the first thing that I thought was, "Where are the children?" And then I realized what had happened, <laughs> and I marched out there and I said, "What the fuck do you think you're doing?" So it wasn't a shot fired in anger, but it was a shot fired. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you would have been a lot sorrier if my brains had been splattered all over. Freedom! Wolverines! Oh, by the way, uh, Jeremy, thank you. That was very kind of you. Uh, uh, Jeremy said, uh, 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 Robin, give yourself a very quiet jingle for getting robed. I see what you did there. I hope that wasn't too uh, too loud, Jeremy. Just about right. Emilio, everybody undress. This is a robbery. Emilio, a robbery. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> he who will pun will pick a pocket. <laughs> Steve in New York said two hours to do his hair. I just figured they'd just hold him by the feet and stick his head in a cotton candy machine. Whoo! The cowbells are flying fast and furious. Anybody else getting a snowstorm right now? Uh, we're supposed to get snowed on this evening. We may have two to four in. We may have two to four inches of snow in the morning. You people. I have to add that qualifier because we're talking about we've been talking about Donald Trump today. Wait, she doesn't you people this. How dare you? It's not like y'all did y'all haven't already earned it in my mind. Haven't you, Jeremy? 
I live rent free, I guess. <laughs> yes, you do. You all do. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year, 365 days a year. I wonder if we will hear later on this evening from our good friend in Texas about an update, what's going on down in the Lone Star State, Mr. Ritovo. I'd love to hear from John. Definitely. Uh, Matt in San Francisco says, guns, you know, I really can't think of a situation when I'm out in the world that the addition of a gun wouldn't make worse. I mean, I'd ask, where the hell do these people live? But then I think, oh, yeah, they live in America. Saw a perfect example of this, Matt. Uh, I mean, uh, it's Friday on the front porch, so we can talk about well, we can talk about maggot stupidity any day of the week. Uh, I saw a post from Justin Jones, you know, the Tennessee legislator, that they really wish would just go away because he's making their ma- their, their their maggot reindeer games not so much fun anymore. Well, the maggot the maggots in Tennessee are proposing to make illegal the sale trigger warning Christopher <laughs> to make illegal the sale of cold beer in Tennessee yeah. I know right cold beer yeah you don't you can, you can buy warm beer right Ugh. It's like a, I don't know, it's its like an abortion waiting period of 24 hours, but you just can't buy cold beer at all. You have to wait until you get it cold at home. Reminds me of what Jimmy Buffett once sang, cold beer and bread, they said, could wake the dead. Warm beer and bread, warm beer and bread, they said, could wake the dead. It reminds me of the restaurant in a Holiday Inn. Holiday Inns don't have restaurants anymore. Yeah, cold beer, but uh, but as Justin Jones pointed out, they're worried about cold beer, but they're not worried about the one thing that kills more kids in Tennessee than anything else, and that is guns. I so admire his ferocity and his 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 commitment to a better future for Tennessee. Uh, Matt. Two to four inches. Raise the bar, girl. I mean, six inches is fine. Eight inches is doable. More than a mouthful just goes to waste. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. I saw a clip. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, Matt, you should have saved that for, like, five more minutes, and we could have ruined the Mountain Standard time zone and maybe even gotten a shot across the bow at Billable Rick. Raise the bar, girl. Um, Hey, Rob, thank you so much. That's so profound, and so thank you so, so much. Uh, The remainder of Charlene's challenge has been met, and Ralph's challenge has been met. So doing the math on the fly. (laughs) Mm. Hmm. We're down to 475 to go for a, a full-on, no kidding, mid-February community-made miracle on the front porch. Uh, uh, Matt's really Matt's, Matt's really firing on all eight cylinders this evening. Warm beer, you could always buy ice with it. My name is Matt, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, look, I grew up in a dry county. My county did not go wet until I went off to college. I never. It always felt like a coincidence to me, a strange one. But later on, I would go to visit a friend of mine who was in law school at the University of Mississippi, Stan. And apparently, you had to buy your beer warm unless you wanted to drive a county over where it was still legal to sell it cold. Nobody has fucked up. I mean, okay, look, I'll catch some, I'll catch some grief for this, but, you know, hi, Arnold. Uh, what, at the time that I was going to Harvard on the Mon, I thought the most bizarre liquor and wine and beer laws I'd ever seen were in, were in, Pen in Pennsylvania, where you could not buy beer in the grocery store. You had to go to a distributor. That seemed weird, but seriously, all over the South, that's the home of weird. Places like Alabama had for years what were called local options. And as I've recounted before, every couple of years, there'd be a local option ordinance on the ballot to make legal the sale of beer and wine and liquor in Lauderdale County, Alabama, and uh, at that point in time, the uh, the bootleggers would fund the, the the preachers, who would then form Lauderdale Citizens for Decency and Morality, and they 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 stemmed the tide for years and years and years. And like I said, only in like 1981, after I was gone to college. Did it become legal to buy a, uh, to, to to order a beer in a restaurant across the river in Colbert County? A year later, it was Lauderdale County, and then it was even more years before you could buy beer in a keg cold. And all those years that that, that the counties were dry, everybody drove 11 miles to the Tennessee state line to buy their beer there. Where the legal drinking, where the legal age to purchase alcohol was tall enough to get the money on the counter. But Justin Jones is right. The greatest threat to children in Tennessee ain't cold beer. Hot guns. It's just gross. Hey, Steve in New York, you have been terribly, terribly, terribly quiet this evening. What's up? Steve's gone. Talk on it. That's two. That's two weeks in a row that Steve has been too quiet. Hey, Robin. Yes, David. Um, I was wondering if we could shift gears a bit. Certainly. Um, I was listening to uh, the program last night, and I was uh, I heard your conversation with uh, David the Blind about stupid lawyers. Yes. And going through law school currently myself, I had a perspective that I wish to offer. Oh, do okay. please. So going through law school now, I'm, I'm realizing that it's not an institution that's built to reward critical thinking. Um, the, the LSAT is structured in a way that um, rewards superficial thinking, the 
law school curriculum itself is, is structured in a way that rewards superficial thinking. Uh, the finals, the way we're assessed, rewards superficial thinking. The bar exam itself rewards superficial thinking. Nothing about law school and teaches us how to critically think. So if people come to law school without those without those skills, law school is not the place to build them. Law school is is definitely a place where we are taught to receive information, regurgitate the information without actual any critical thought. And so it's not surprising to me that there are people that are matriculating through this system that are not critical thinkers. So I just I just wanted to offer that perspective. Oh, you said mouthful. I've 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 long said that law school is the ultimate liberal arts education. I think I even said that to you when we were at the Horn Inn a couple of years ago. It is a terrible place to go and learn how to practice law. It's got awful place to go and learn how to practice law. They'll teach you a lot of stuff, and then you go out in the real world, and it's functionally useless. I, I mean, I, I know, David, you had to have watched uh, or, or followed the coverage of Alina Havana 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 uh, trying, <laughs> trying to examine a witness. I, don't, I heard I heard you talking about it, yeah. I don't care if she came out of that uh, the draw spunky school of law in Pennsylvania uh, with order of the coif and editor of the law review under her belt. That woman never learned shit about examining a witness at trial. Which leads me to think that she really has her only adversary seems to have ever been an insurance adjuster. And that's not me gooning on insurance adjusters. But lawyers negotiating with insurance adjusters is a far cry from trying to elicit facts from a witness, especially a hostile one, on the stand. And she didn't even know how to get a piece of evidence into in, a, 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 a document or an exhibit into evidence. Good God, I haven't been in a courtroom for nearly a quarter of a century, and I can still do that. Because some of that stuff gets burned into your brain. I had a fantastic torts professor who said, I'm going to make it easy for you. He was teaching us about expert witnesses. He said, there is a way to qualify. This is how to qualify your expert. You don't have to pretty it up. It doesn't have to be fancy. You just, you've got your witness on the stand and you say, doctor, state your qualifications. And the doctor runs through his CV. And then you ask him, are you familiar and with the case file and the, or the plaintiff or whatever? And he says, yes. It was always he back then. And then he stared us all down and said, and then you say this, doctor, do you have an opinion? 
to a reasonable degree of medical certainty. Don't say another word. The doctor says, yes. And you say, doctor, what is your opinion? And you're done. And it works. At least it worked in West Virginia over and over and over again to the point that it's blistered into my mind when the last time I examined a doctor on the stand, Jesus, was 30 years ago. But you have to... You have to actually want to know it. You know what I mean, David? I do, I do. And speaking of actually wanting to know things, I... I'm having I'm taking an access to justice class currently. And one of the questions that my my professor, who is a judge on the Oregon Court of Appeals, she asked us, when does race come up in, in your classes? And my answer to the question was every single day. We just don't talk about it. We don't actually think about it. We're not actually critically engaging with how the legal structure upholds a system of hierarchy and oppression and it's it's but but it's pervasive and and i was listening to the i was listening to the testimony um on on your on your on your program and on um randy rhodes show yesterday um of Fonnie Willis. And I was, I, I, I couldn't help but notice the, the tropes that the question, that the questioners kept coming back to the, 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 the over-sexualized black woman, the, um, it, it, it was, it was noticeable when they to me. Use the word condo in a very it, condescending nasty sort of way right right and there and it was it was it was in my mind i was like this is if it's hard not to notice that but if it's not something you're looking for you're not gonna right so if that if it's not something you want to notice or you want to know it's it's definitely something that is going to be missed unless someone actually points it out yeah, fully privileged. And when he people. said "horde," and it sure as hell sounded like "whore." Whore, yeah, sure as hell did. And you know yeah. what? I think kind of like our our I think, buddy I think that, Santorum with blah people. <laughs> yeah, blah people. Uh, no, I didn't say black people. I said blah people. Blah people. But but the thing is, David, people who are thoroughly ensconced in their privilege are nose blind. To issues of race and inequity. I mean, I, I, lo- I loved how you said, oh, it comes up every day. We just don't talk about it. And, and it's, my, and it's my, true. In yeah. every class, in contracts, in um, in torts, in property, in criminal law, in financial institutions, it comes up in every single class. And then you talk around it. as if As if it's not there. Right, because because it, in the world in which we live now, we would not want to offend the delicate and dainty uh, lace-skirted sensibilities 
of the white folks. And and you're sitting there in Oregon, for Christ's sakes, not gooning on Oregon. I'd, I'd love to visit someday. But it was it was founded as a white ethno state. That's right. Which I had no idea about before. Oh, you didn't know about that, Dave? I I didn't. I had no idea, and I I learned. I only learned like maybe in the past year or so, maybe longer than that. But I was shocked when I heard about the story. I mean, it's it's astonishing to me. Yeah, if you were a black resident, you had to go down to Salem. I think every month for your slashes whippings yeah yeah people were whipped um until they left it it, it's it's astounding to me the the history of of what i thought was a very progressive state but you know before and 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 and, and and, then and meanwhile the the, meanwhile the 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 folks down in talabama said why didn't we think about that (laughs) reckon could we do that now they just had the pol- the police dogs and the fire hoses. Jesus, but 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 it's it, it is it's very real, David and and I mean, it was it, I am sensitive to and I and it was oh it was gross. I mean, it's like what? But once your once one's eyes are open to that. It's like the it's like that movie Them or They Live. I I don't remember. I think it was They Live or Them, where the guy had the glasses and he was seeing the aliens everywhere. It's like once once one's once one's eyes are open to the way that our society upholds racial hierarchy and privilege, it's hard not to notice it everywhere. Oh, you can't unsee it. Once right. you once once our you know, our whiteness, once we break out of our, our white bubble is popped. And that that's a very good thing, right? Everybody's white bubble bubble needs to be popped. But then then you can't unsee it. It is everywhere. And then you think back to your childhood and you think about the commercials you watched as a kid. And then you think about the movies that you watched and the TV shows. And then it all starts coming together. We and, were trained to be racists. And being in in such a privileged space as a law school, it is very much built to sustain that those blinders. It's built to, to in a way to perpetuate that ignorance. And it's and this I mean, I'm thinking I'm thinking about all of the of the stupidity of of Donald Trump's lawyers and just some of the inanity of some of the Supreme Court justices we have. And, and to me, it's quite obvious that they're a product of a system that rewards People who do not critically think, that rewards people who are not going to challenge it, that rewards people that are going to actively uphold the status quo. And despite the fact that it is harmful to the vast majority of American people, and these are the people that that run our societies, 
uh, you know, lawyers. I mean, most of most of the people in Congress are lawyers. Obviously, every judge is is a lawyer, and these are the people that are shaping the rules and the structures by which we govern ourselves. And they are never ever introduced to any other perspectives other than the ones that they have been inculcated in since birth. Because they're wrapped up and they're warm and snuggly and comfy in it, David. They absolutely are. Um, I got a note from Matt, who's just collecting cowbells tonight. I, it may be a new habit, uh, a new habit, 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 habit <laughs> for him. Roxanne, girl, I was drinking black Russians in high school. I can't imagine a dry county. That's no way to bring up kids. Well, think of think of the Dukes of Hazard without the stupid car. We made a we made a run to uh, run to the Tennessee line one time, Matt. It was three of us. We we were in a Ford Torino. Uh, one guy driving, another guy in the front passenger seat, and three of us in the back seat, and we all, and we got pulled over by the cops. And so we're sitting there on the side of the road, shaking in our boots, and the cop comes over and knocks on the glass of my buddy who's in the passenger seat up front, who had just opened up a brand new 32-ounce bottle of Miller High Life, because the trick was to, the trick was to slam that before we got back to school. And the cop knocks on the glass, and the guy looks up and goes, oh, as if he was surprised. And, he said, and, and the cop makes the roll your window down uh, gesture. That was back when we had crank windows. And the guy looks at him and nods and says, gives him the thumbs up, proceeds to turn, turn the uh, quart of Miller High Life upright, drains the bottle, rolls the window down, and hands it to the cop. I think that I think that earned a little bit of respect, and he said, "Don't do it again. I don't want to catch you doing this again, and I'm going to remember this car on this road." You got it, and we drove away. Wow. But yeah, there's <laughs> dry county does not mean dry kid, Matt. Oh no, no no. Uh, Matt, can, uh, hey Steve, hang on just a second. Uh, Matt continues working on his collection. Elena Haba, I'm worried about her passing away from breast cancer. I don't think she can even. Oh, I'm worried about her passing away from breast cancer. I don't think she can even do a self-examination. That's right up there with has no business in a food court. You're, you're 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 turning out some quality material this evening, Matt. That's all I can say. Absolutely, out of roll. Uh, yes, Steve, please. Um, let me know if it's too loud. I'm actually just having some dinner. I have to tell you something funny. I'm sitting here eating, and I look right as you're talking. I look up, and what kind of commercials on TV? Super Beat. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Right here, looking at it. God, if we could only afford ads in the New York market, we could make a killing on Alabama sex clams. Alabama sex clams. And no one would ever know that, that nobody ever got them. 
Um, what's the guy who's in law school? What is his name? That's David. Yeah, here's hi. Prob- here, hi. Here's the problem. There's two problems. First of all, the problem with the law is, the problem with lawyers is law school. But that's not the real problem. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna get a little Socratic on you here. You've heard of Star Eight, Star right? See what I did there, Robin? Yes. Thank you for correctly pronouncing the Latin. You know, David, you know what that is, right? I do. Yeah. And what is the purpose of Star Eight, To uphold the status quo. That is one way of looking at it. That is the that is the that is the the uh, subversive way to look at it. The other way to look at it is it's to it's to make the law predictable. We want to know what we're getting into. Predictability and consistency. Right, right. Now, who actually cares about that? The people in power. The money. Exactly. The money, the people that okay, want to keep you're the system there. consistent no, with no, the way it's almost, happened in the past. Uh, you're, you're, you're getting there. It's business. It's commerce. It's economics. That's who cares about that. How many times do we hear this? Well, business wants to know what's wants to know what it it has to be able to count on things. So what that tells you is, and I'm going to jump to the end here. The problem is capitalism. It, it is, and I see where you're going now. The, um, but we have to realize that, that capitalism, the, the fundamental functions and the fundamental mechanisms of capitalism were built and perfected during slavery. Like the, like the, the management systems used to ensure productivity on the plantation are the ones that were adopted in the northern factories that were um, during the Industrial Revolution, and they're the same management strategies that survive today. I was having a conversation with um, a friend of mine. We went and had coffee this morning, um, and we were talking about how um, there are there's literally software that tracks people's eyes to make sure that they're looking at the screen. And that same mentality of like tracking productivity is the same mentality that the slave owners used at, at on the plantation to track how much cotton that, that slaves were picking. And not only that, but there, there was the financial systems in this country were perfected under like i'm thinking of the mortgage insurance crisis. companies i'm thinking of the mortgage Let me ask you and the securitization Where? of of um mortgages that there's history of financiers securing black bodies using slaves as security for collateral uh, using slaves as collateral to 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 get more loans, to buy more slaves, and to buy more land, the land that was taken from the indigenous population to right, begin right. with. Now, I totally wholeheartedly agree with you. In fairness, slaves as collateral is not new. 
property. It's not the it's not the it's not the fact that they're slaves as collateral. It's the fact that they were property as collateral. But the preciousness and the and the I'm I'm agreeing with you. But I'm saying it it didn't start there. I understand that, but I'm saying that the that the actual mechanisms and the viciousness with which it was perpetuated in the United States is uniquely American. Yeah, I'm going to push back a little bit on that. I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back a little bit on that, David, because you have to think. I mean, there's there's a certain irony in the fact that Adam Smith comes up with the concept of capitalism as a profoundly progressive alternative to uh, captive markets run by monarchs. With that and mercantilism. Se- and mercantilism, yes. Remember something. I'm sorry, Robin. I apologize. That's, that, that's okay. I just wanted to. Uh, and 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 he arrives at this in 1776, after what a hundred years or more of that little uh, gambling den that began at a coffee shop called Lloyd's. in which people would gamble on whether or not a ship going to appropriate uh, appropriate merchant goods from colonized uh, societies would make it back, and then they would share in the profits. So, uh, to a certain extent, it's all it's 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 all predicated on a level of exploitation. Oh dear God! I'm running. I'm going to run all the way back past ancient Roman Greece. I'm going to go back to the rise of sedentary agricultural societies, because the minute people settle down and start farming, a powerful person emerges and says, "I get to keep some of your shit for keeping you from being attacked by those people over there." You know, it's it's interesting that uh, at least the last time I was reading about it and. Uh, but it's interesting that there's really no evidence for organized confiscatory warfare in hunter-gatherer societies. A lot of the things that we find to be wrong with the human condition are actually wrong with humans living in a sedentary agricultural society. It, whether it be uh, Mohenjo-Daro, or Ur, or Chateauhuyuk, and you know, and down through the ages. So, I mean, I find that at least a little bit interesting. Hey, and, and, Dave, you may you know what I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No, go ahead, Steve. And, and, and what, David? What that? What Robin just said? What does that? What that tells you is this. The problem, or the real issue, isn't that society, we'll just call it, we'll say society for what we're talking about, is exploitative. That's not the issue. The issue is we haven't, we haven't, enlightened, we haven't become enlightened enough to say, no, we don't want it to be that way. That's the problem. I, 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 I mean, agree. Who can think of, think of this? 
think that's me. Sorry, Tracy. Steve's at dinner. That, yeah, I'm at dinner. But the other thing, too, is David. Where's the party at? Yeah. David, think about this. What do you call a person who owns a building and allows people to live there for a price? What do you call that? In the law. In the, that's a, a landlord, right? Think of that term. It, it goes back to feudalism. Yeah, and what is a tenant? But like Robin was just talking about, that's probably comes from really a tenant farmer. So all what 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 the point I think, or at least that I'm making is, the problem is capitalism. Number one, and number two, the other issue is we haven't evolved in all of these centuries. It's the same shit. I want what you've got. You want what I've got, and you know there, there, there's a little bit of uh, um, divine right of kings and everything. Well, I have it because uh, because I'm righteous. You don't have it because you're not. God likes me. That's why I'm rich. But I think capitalism that's that's the root of it. And I'm going to go on ca- Calvinism. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree and 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 I think you're I think you're on point about law school upholding that system of capitalism. I call it hierarchy. Um but it's the it's it's essentially the same idea. It's 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 one class or one group of people feeling that they're that they are for some reason superior to another, whether it be um, because of economic status, whether it be because of skin color, whether it be because of religious practice or belief, whether it be because of gender or sexual orientation, right? It's, it's, it's the idea, it's the capitalist idea of one group of people believing that they are better than another group of people and then using that belief to subjugate to exploit, to, um, I, I think that's a symptom. That's a symptom or that's a byproduct. And I, and I'm just, as my opinion, obviously, this is not meant to be me waving yeah. the, my finger. I think at base it's why is, why is the focus on stare decisis and the focus on predictability and stability, it's all about commerce. And I think like a corollary to that is keeping the poor folks in line. Well, I actually think it's the other way around, right? I think I think that the the commerce rose out of what Robin was talking about of the sedentary agricultural um uh Society. I mean, if you look at the history of money and how that came about, it was some central authority saying, you owe me this, but I need some way to track how much um, I need some way to track of what everybody owes me. So I'm going to have some sort of unit of account that's going to be standard to everybody. Guess and then, where, oh, yeah. Guess where writing came from? Right. It, it, it was a it was a mechanism uh um a mechanism to track who owes the who owes the surplus 
to the, to the central authority, whether it be a king, whether it be a, a, a clan uh, leader or a religious authority. So I think it's the other way around. I think that the the hierarchy comes before the economic system and the economic system is an outgrowth of the hierarchy. We will have to agree to disagree. Okay. But I find uh, it and, I, but I find it fascinating that yeah. that, that, that Go ahead, writing writing develops alongside counting in Ur of the Chaldees and so they came up with cuneiform and then they started thinking, wait, this is really, really great for keeping up with how much barley is in the storehouses. I bet we could do some other things with this. And the next thing you know, I mean, this is over a couple of thousand years maybe, but the next thing you know, you get the Code of Hammurabi. You get the Epic of Gilgamesh. But before you got either one of those, one of the first things they wrote down with their newfangled writing was the recipe for beer. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to keep with the th- with one of the little subplots of the program this evening. Yes. yes. And, 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 and here's where I will push back a little bit on what you're saying, David. I think the notion of currency, I don't, I don't see it that way. I think the notion of currency, oh, that's a great photo. Who put that in there? Who just put that in there? In the chat. Is that Roger? Sparky. That's oh, okay. Sparky. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that was great. Go fund um, me. Stand I, with Trump. Fund the $355 million unjust judgment. Uh, I um, Money came about in order to make exchange easier. So that, you know, if, I, if, if, you know, if, if, if I'm growing eggs, and rather than saying, well, it's much easier to say your eggs are worth three shekels as opposed to your my I have three eggs and how many chickens is that? Or how many piece how many fish are that or how many sex clams are three eggs? I mean who knows? I would agree with that, Steve. It was it was kind of a replacement for barter, a standardization yeah. of barter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that, saying uh, and David, there's I'm not actually saying, scholarship that I, there's actually scholarship that refutes that. That's that that's oh, academic. Really? And, yeah, there's that's a, what I was taught. I was taught. Yeah. That's, that's, but that doesn't make it but that doesn't it it is an alternative it's an alternative view. It's, and you, okay, I, I time out, time honestly, out. I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna blow the whistle right. real quick. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm whistle, gonna show up whistle, whistle. Y'all who have not been, do you see what law school does to people's brains? <laughs> Mine's the same way. And 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 the the, the sound effects were perfect, Steve. Uh, a boisterous restaurant or a bar, tavern, whatever. And a couple of law nerds going at it. I think it's a. <laughs> I think it's adorable. Hey Dave, I wanted to go back to a point you made first about um, the plantation being the root of op- this whole idea of capitalists optimizing and finding efficiency and squeezing out as much efficiency as we you can, and the pernicious nature of it in how we saw it present itself in modern day look at the train system remember the great train derailment in ohio 
Palestine. When we peeked under the covers, yes. And when we peeked under the covers, what was the root cause? The root cause was they shed all the workers they possibly could. They had that shitty software, this optimization software that where, you know, it squeezed as much efficiency and made the trains run, you know, on time uh, from point A to point B to point D, blah, blah, blah. And so with that model, so they implemented that model and it was they set themselves up for catastrophe. And that's what capitalism does over and over and over again. Because it's the idea of getting the most out of a resource with the least amount of effort. Yes. And profit is the arbitrage or the, you know, what's left over, right? Right. And, and, and I guess, I guess my argument is that the culmination whether or not um, Steve and I agree about um, the hierarchy coming before the capitalism or the capitalism coming before the uh, coming after the hierarchy, what I guess what I'm trying to say is that it culminated in a vicious predatory system where human beings were treated as property. And the reason for that was to get the most with the least, the most out of something with the least amount of effort. And I think that's, I think that's true, but we also have to take into account, and I don't want anybody jumping to conclusions before I finish what I'm saying. Some form of human bondage existed almost concurrently with the rise of sedentary agricultural societies. In another word, slavery. It would change dramatically when it landed in the Western Hemisphere, however. And it would become chattel slavery. Uh-huh. In ancient Rome, just for you, Steve, one could sell oneself into slavery and buy oneself out of it. Um, the Greeks were known as the teachers of the ancient world. And Greek men... <laughs> would sell themselves into slavery to a wealthy Roman family, set up a school, charge money, teach the young Romans their Greek and their Homer, etc. Make a ton of money, buy their freedom, and retire to a little island somewhere. The form that arrives in the Western Hemisphere is founded on pure, vicious avarice. And so, I mean, that, that, and that's one of the reasons every time, every time I hear some maggot apologist saying, well, the old slavery's in the Bible. And, yeah, it is. And I have an ancestor who was a circuit-riding Methodist Episcopal preacher who preached that sermon prior to and during the Civil War because he was a sickening racist. But it is not the same comparison. They were using the, the Bible to defend chattel slavery, but even chattel slavery is a bit of a myth in the Bible. 
because God knows there's plenty of references. Um, I mean, even you know, one of those one of those dirty stories out of the Old Testament features um, a woman who gives her slaves to her betrothed because she apparently, well, her womb is a dry, a dry and dusty place where his seed can find no purchase. And so she says, well, you know, take my girl here. Ugh. God, that book. So gross. But this has been a fascinating conversation. And this is, this is the way I like for conversations to happen here. Good faith, no tempers, people, people agreeing, people disagreeing. And in the long run, you're sharing information that could not be developed in a 15-second soundbite. That's what makes this place special to me. And with that said, we're down to 525. Uh, we got about 22 minutes for a full-on uh, Horn Family Community Congregation Friday on the Front Porch Community Made Miracle. But thanks so much to everybody who helped uh, put a big hole, put a big dent in the fundraising hole because that allows me to pay a couple of bills, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed for being able to pay my health insurance premium this month. Now, if we were to have a community-made miracle, I'd pay my health insurance premium this evening, too. So there's that. Uh, but, uh, no, I just saw, the, I just saw the, uh, the meme that Steve was laughing at. I'd seen the previous one for the GoFundMe. Now, this is uh, Judge Ngoron holding a beer, and uh, Sparky posted it, and uh, uh, Judge Kaplan, over, over Judge Kaplan's head, it says $83.3 million. And beneath uh, Judge Ngoron, it just says, hold my beer. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Darlene in Connecticut adds, and a subset of what David is talking about with maximizing profits is also not counting the externalities that technically should cut into their profits, but that in reality we wind up paying and suffering for illnesses, cancer, climate catastrophe, etc. Oh, I'm so glad you said that, Darlene. That's a that's a that's not a comedy cowbell. That's a that's a philosophical and conceptual cowbell. Because in point of fact, I mean, I've lived that for at least a third of my life, and the entire history of this poor, blasted, benighted, burned, broke state is a study in the externalization of societal cost in this case of the coal extraction industry onto the people from whom they they were extracting it. Everything from cave-ins, explosions, uh, suffocations, um, slate falls to poisoned water, poisoned air, Black lung, white lung, silicosis. And the coal industry has never had to pay a damn dime for any of it. We just take it as our lot in life that, well, you know, I mean, the coal industry brings jobs. A long time ago, well, a couple of years ago, I wrote a poem. And it was called... It'll take me a second. It was called The Miner's Prayer. 
and there it is. Appalachian Thunder is a great bass drum at a distance. Not enough to rumble a gut, but plenty to rattle windows at Bible study. You never know when the veil will be withdrawn, protection pulled. Pray, 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 pray away. Know that tomorrow the thunder comes again in a clear blue sky. Answer to still other prayers set up from New York Tower, from London Bank, from Frankfurt Counting House, and holler single wide. All alike. The poisonous, glassy sandstone dust fragrant in the nostrils of a blood-feasting faith. God! Let us blast more, God! Let us make low the high places, God! Make black your clear, frigid waters, God! May we make vile the air once honeysuckle sweet that you gave us, God. Let us see the trout turn dead bellies to your son, God, for we despise this place, but love thy holy prophet. Amen. So thank you, Darlene. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up sincerely. Didn't know this was going to turn into Poetry Corner. I thought that was great. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Very well done, Robin. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. And, I mean, on, on that point of externalities, too, like, there is the idea behind, like, the the job creation idea, like, the coal companies being the job creators so that they should have just have license to do whatever they want. And to Steve's point about uh, Starry Decesis, is that how I pronounce it correctly? Starry Decesis. Starry Decesis. Okay, I'll have to remember that um, and get nerd points in my in my class. Um, the um, I think that the up. Either way, the upholding of this idea that some people are better than, that some people are more deserving than, that some people are are just, well, we are we are we are giving so much to the society, like it, we are so necessary to the society that we can just externalize our 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 pain to other people because we're just so great. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's something to that. And that's pure. Yeah. And that's pure Calvinism, David. Hmm. We're rich because, because God likes us. If you're not rich, it's because God doesn't like you. And it, and, and, and if I'm honest, I'm seeing that mentality in a lot of the cases that I'm reading, right? And in a lot of the cases that I'm reading, there are, there is a strain of like poor people wouldn't be poor if it wasn't their fault, as opposed to the flip side of there are structural inequities built into the economic system at its foundation that causes people to be 
poor. And it is something that we choose and that we can change and has nothing to do with whether God likes someone or not, you know? Yeah, well, tell that to uh, Mullah Mike, David. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I would prefer not to have a conversation with him. <laughs> no, it would be useless. But uh, the Mark of Ham, Robin, can you can you shed some light on the Mark of Ham? I mean, there's a good example right there. Well, yeah, because the uh, the post flood Noah story includes something that white folks decided along the way explained why it was okay to enslave people with dark skin. Because they claimed that God marked one of Noah's sons and made him black because he made God mad. And and, and the God of that time was a very, very mean, angry God. Still is. Uh, the only problem, though, is that Noah... If there really was a Noah, wasn't exactly Swedish. I wouldn't think so. In fact, what we know now is that white folks came along about seven. We've only been here for about seventy-five hundred years, <clears throat> if I recall the number correctly. Everybody was black or brown before that. Everybody. Yeah, but the Earth is only 6,000 years old, so how could that be? Oh, yeah, you remind me of my run-in with the little the little god-botherer down at the Capitol. It was like, well, just watch and this. Jeebus, just, Jesus was riding around on Dino. Dino. Yeah. Dino. Yeah, 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 and, you know, when she said, just watch this video by Ken Ham, and I laughed at her. I couldn't help it. Oh, that was hysterical, that run-in you had with the, with the Karen. <laughs> Christian Karen. Yeah, God bother her. And no, you said the magic word, so I have to play the clip now. And on the third day, God created the Remington Bull Action Rifle so that man could fight the dinosaurs and the homosexuals. Amen. Never gets old. Movie's no, old. The line doesn't. And you know what really makes that art is the clucking chickens in the background and the banjo. Amen. And I helped. Speaking yeah, of, I just speaking, saw what got posted. Oh, go ahead. No, go speaking, ahead, speaking of clucking chickens, uh, uh, my, my neighbors next door, they're, 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 they're flo- their little flockers uh, are apparently free range. And the range they're being free on is apparently my backyard. Oh. Big old turkey scared. Not, I mean... Scared the shit out of the golden one the other day. Oh, no. Yeah, and it took and it took him out to go walkies, and he saw that turkey and was like, Ugh. and the turkey blew 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 up and fluffed out its it fluffed out its plumage and went, and the golden one looked at Annette and said, "Mama, I want to go back inside now." Right after he shed. Mother, there are dinosaurs out here. Where the hell do I live? So wait, do you have turkey shit all over your yard then? We have turkey shit in the yard. We have rooster shit. We have hen shit. We have guinea hen shit. We have pea hen shit. 
and they all just wander around. And one that of them sounds like the Bundy Bird Sanctuary. <laughs> and and one of the roosters hangs out outside my bedroom window and starts crowing at about four. I always remember being surprised at how early sunrise came in Talabandiana when I was on a train going across on the way to my one trip to Chicago. I, 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 and I started noticing, because there's no sleeping on an Amtrak train, even if you've got a sleeping car. It, not on those rails. So I was just staring out the window watching the flatness go by. And it was like 4 o'clock in the morning in June, and I started seeing, you know, rosy-fingered dawn. And I thought, no wonder this state's po- politics are so fucked up. Nobody gets any sleep. And so, lo and behind, and, and this is February, but now 4 o'clock, and he's camped out under my window going, <laughs> I've named him Dumpling. Get your ass off. <laughs> Did you catch that? Robin? I, I named him Dumpling. Dumpling. Tough crowd. Chicken and... Chicken dumplings? Yes. Okay, got it. God, you make me work. You can have a cowbell. No, thank you. Uh, can, uh, before before somebody else jumps in, I want to just comment on a meme that was put in the chat with Stormy. Uh-huh. All right, you and Dave... David the Blind were saying that um, Trump never won a lawsuit. I believe he did win the lawsuit against her, is that, and she had to pay his legal bills. Am I wrong on that? Uh, yeah, Stormy. She's about Stormy, to win the huh? What Stormy did get nailed uh, on a defamation charge against him and had to pay his legal bills. But he, she's about to, ready to get that back in spades. On this coming. Oh, I, yeah, I have a fee. Right? Well, I mean, this is a, this is a criminal charge. She doesn't. She oh, won't this make... is criminal. This is in a civil case for her. Okay. Yeah, yeah this is criminal. Right. But yeah, that meme. Stormy Daniels. He paid one hundred and thirty thousand dollars for what he did to me. E. Jean Carroll. Hold my beer. Letitia yeah. James. Hold my Starbucks. <laughs> um, Robin, I do want to share one very cute. And positive thing from from the parade to you guys that you probably didn't know about. Okay. Yeah, go. Yeah, Ben. Our our running back Isaiah Pacheco had a baby goat with him at the uh, parade. He was holding a baby goat with the Mahomes jersey on it. (laughs) Oh, that's adorable. That's really great. I can't believe that whole day was ruined for you guys in Kansas City. Un fucking believable. Let me ask you this, Ben. Would the, is this good, does this have any chance of changing hearts and minds of Missourians? Or no? This is just going to go flushed right down the memory hole and you, you, you can't have God without guns, damn it. You know, I honestly don't know, but I wouldn't put it past the maggots in Missouri. That's, that's the saddest part of it all. This will just be chalk another one up. And, uh, you know, can't pass any goddamn uh, common sense gun regulation. No, can't do that. This is America. No, but it's Missouri. They made. Who knows if Tennessee succeeds? They they may outlaw cold beer in Missouri too. Ooh, Ben, that would be bad for you. There are still to this day. I can't remember exactly where, but there are still to this day some dry counties in Missouri. Oh, I have no doubt. 
when I'm Emperor of America, that shit's going to stop. Damn right. Christopher for Emperor. <laughs> maybe not the need, maybe not the leader we need, but the leader we deserve. <laughs> yes, speaking, that's a great slogan. I love that. Speaking of emperors, uh, Christopher Walken is going to be playing the Emperor in the second Dune movie, and I'm very, very much looking forward to that. Oh, he em- is Emperor oh, Shaddam the Fourth. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Walken is going to be playing the Emperor. And I'm really looking forward to it. I want Sting back. I am the Emperor. And, uh... <clears throat> um, is everyone in here familiar with James Gandolfini? Hey, sure. Of you know the guy that played Mr. Happy in the uh, Avengers and Iron Man movies? Um, I can't think of his name, the actor's name, uh... Oh God, he's doing he's doing the, some of the Star Wars series now for Disney. He's doing. Is he in the Mandalorian? No, he's. I think he's like the writer or director of the the Mandalorian. Okay. Anyway, anyways, he was talking about James Gandolfini the other day, and he said, "Man, if he was still with us, I would love to have had put him in Star Wars as a character." He's a great actor. Are you kidding me? He was a treasure. National. Yeah, treasure. he was. Oh yeah, okay, he was, and he was a great mobster. You know, but you know, when I think of James Gandolfini and nobody else, uh, nobody, nobody else will probably say this, but I loved him in All the King's Men. You know, with Sean Penn. Oh, that was a good movie. But I'm kind of a student of the book. I I can't tell you how many times I've read it, and it's just so profound. You're thinking of John Favreau. Yes, yeah, John. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, but uh, no uh, Sean Penn was cast as Willie, the boss, and James Gandolfini was cast as Tiny, his lieutenant governor and fixer, and uh, yeah, crooked politician. I remember watching that and thinking. Oh, Sean Penn shouldn't have played the lead. That should have been J- James Gandolfini, because he was—oh, yeah. uh, he was perfect. He was, and and he would have been awesome as uh, as the boss. Do you guys remember him in True Romance? Oh, oh yeah, that was great. And let's not forget him as uh, Colonel Winter in The Last Castle. There you go. With Robert Redford. Died way too young. Yeah, he did. Billy Joel wrote a song about that, didn't he? Yep. Only the good. Only the good. Uh, I saw a note coming in from Brendan. God joke. Hello, Ron. Hello, Brendan. A Jewish socialist comrade told me a joke when I was a teenager that took some time for me to understand. A Jewish comedian meets God on his first day in heaven. God says, so you are a comedian. Tell me a joke. So the comedian tells a joke about the Holocaust. God says, that's not funny. I don't get it. The comedian answers, I guess you had to be there. Peace and love, lady. Brandon. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's... that's uh, 
kind of, uh, what, what, was, what was the name of the book? Night Mother? Was that Ellie Wiesel? Where he said oh. know, that was when he figured out that God was not with them, that there was no God. Another And Randy Radar, Randy Radar wants to know, <laughs> is there an NFT for the recipe for beer? <laughs> yeah. How much would you pay? Uh, if you would, it's yes, there is. It's very ancient. It's the ancientest NFT of all time NFTs, and and it's only three hundred and fifty five million dollars. <laughs> uh, Mark in Florida, behind enemy lines, says, "We understand law school." We understand rote learning in law school, but please just get those degrees and fight like Alexei Navalny when you do. The clock is ticking. Respectfully, Mark. And Mark's actually touching on something that I was thinking, too. Uh, David, uh, you've talked about you know what you want to do afterwards and everything. I, I recommend a, uh, at least a couple of years in a public defender's office. So that okay. you so that you can see one, you'll get trial experience quickly, and you'll learn to be very good on your feet. You'll get overwhelmed. You'll have a caseload that is almost unmanageable. And then, and, and but but on top of all of that, you will get to see up close and personal how the law punishes people for being poorly educated and economically. Broke. Because those will be 99% of the cases that come through your door. Okay. That's, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's why, um, that's, that's, that's why this verdict against Nitwit Nero is so important. Can I say something about Navaldi real quick? Please. I know the, I yeah. know we're running real short on time. Just my thought on it, you know, thinking back, it was like, why the hell did he go back? He knew what was coming for him, right? And I think about the woman president, uh, elected president of Belarus, who is in sanctuary in where is she in Britain? She's somewhere. I think. And, yeah. I mean, she's the duly elected president of that country, and. She is not going to go back until something's done about the situation in the Belarus. And who the hell could blame her? And I wouldn't call her a coward. And I wouldn't call her. I she's she's still fighting for the Belarusians, but she's doing it while she's on the right side of the earth, you know, of the ground. So I'm. A, I mean, I get that he was brave and this and that, but. Is his martyrdom going to bring about any good in Russia? Uh, well, I, I, I don't. I don't think that. I mean, he was martyred, Christopher, but I don't think that was his goal. His goal was to set up a process, a philosophy, a track to inspire others. And so because Pudi is so terrified of dissent, he had him killed. He tried everything in his power to silence him. This wasn't the 
first attempt, like I said, they tried to poison his underwear. No, really. Yeah, that's when he was in Germany, and they brought him back from the brink of death there. Yeah. And then so he goes, hops on a plane back to Russia just to go die. Well, but the thing, but the thing is, there's a historic, but Christopher, there's a historic tradition there. Lenin was in exile when the Germans paid for him to go back to Russia. That was one of those great moments in, or less than great moments in German strategic thinking. And he went, and he went back knowing there was a price on his head to try to bring a revolution, and he succeeded. And then he, he got, and then he got dead. Yeah. So there's. He outlived his usefulness. And got, and, and he was no, and he got sick and died. Um. So I don't know that it's necessary. I don't think Navalny's life was wasted. I think. I think he knew what he was facing, but he was a, he was he was a man of his convictions. And, he certainly was. And, had and he, he wanted a better Russia. And had he remained happy and safe in the West, the West, he would have forever questioned himself as to why he did not follow those convictions. Well, I guess we'll find out in the next coming months whether his martyrdom was all for naught. If, the, if, it, if an uprising grows in Russia... Because you, the discontent, the discontent content has to be rising with each and every passing day, right? Bodies coming, lots and lots of bodies coming back in bed, or not even coming back. Yeah, buried, yeah, yeah, buried, buried in, buried in Ukraine. That's, yeah, we're grieving, that's we're, we're grieving mothers. Incinerated, can, yeah, too. Right, yeah. where grieving mothers can never even visit. Grieving fathers. That's, that's if the Russian public in general are aware, given the level of censorship and um, of the Russian media. I, I think a good good amount of their populace, um, just like Fox News watchers, think that indeed Putin is fighting the Nazis. That this is a redo of the the fight against the Nazis, which is insane, <laughs> but. I think a good percentage of the Russian population truly does believe that. And, of course, uh, what was it? it uh, I forget it was Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, one of the Baltic states, or a couple of them, actually, where they're taking down World War II monuments to the Soviet troops. And so Pooties had them put on a wanted list if they should ever yeah. set foot inside Mother Russia. Well, it's yeah. easy to fix that. Just don't go there. Right? It's not a place I would want to go. I always, it always mystified me when the wall came down and all that. I was thinking it would be wonderful to visit Moscow and stuff, but fuck no, I ain't going there. <laughs> uh, not uh, while this asshole's this alive. Is, this suspiciously large woman will never visit uh, visit uh, uh, no. the Hermitage. No Bolshoi ballet for her. You don't like being up in the Arctic Circle, Robin? Uh, no, I, I don't like being somewhere where my very existence is illegal, thank you very much. Uh-huh. And that's what our fascists uh, here want to bring about. Yeah, I mean, 
They want to bring about Putinism here. There's literally Russian-style legislation pending in lots and lots of states. It is literally Russian-style. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Russian-inspired. Aren't rainbows illegal in Russia? I think so. Like the hang one? Yeah, probably. Probably. And by the way, a little correction, Darlene in Connecticut, it's Night by Ellie Wiesel. Yeah, yeah, I was was conflating that with Mother Night by Kurt Vonnegut. Another, Another man who had the existence of God pretty much disproven for him by warfare. So there's that. Okay, so uh, we're a little over time, but still, I I thought this was a rousing rousing conversation. And I'm sure there will be more... uh, blowback from the verdict today. By the way, Fonnie Willis's daddy testified today. Yeah. He brought it. He brought it, yeah. And he explained that the whole money thing was a black... It was. It was it's basically that old t-shirt from the 90s. It's a black thing you wouldn't understand. Yeah, there you go. And I really do want that T-shirt Matt was talking about earlier. A man is not a plan. Um, So when we convene on Monday, the fundraising goal will be at 825. That's that's, that's so tremendous that we knocked out an entire, well, more than an entire day of fundraising. So we're done for last Wednesday. And in fact, we're done. We'll, on Monday, we'll be done for uh, Wednesday, and we'll only have 2:25 of Thursday, today, and Monday. So, yep, 8:25. Thank you, everyone. Thanks to the uh, group in the chat room. Uh, one thing I don't want to—I don't want to leave anybody un, uncalled or uncalled upon. And I did see Tracy come in. And uh, didn't want to get out of here without her getting 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 uh, a chance to speak. Hey, hey! Well, I was listening to white people talk about slavery, so I was just getting a history lesson. <laughs> I knew those were going to be the first words out of your mouth. That's the only reason why you said something. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, look, y'all, I do appreciate your knowledge, and you know, but again, like this T-shirt, it's a black thing you wouldn't understand, and when I hear. Um, the 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 antiseptic uh, explanation of the enslavement of my people. I mean, like I said, I appreciate the knowledge and all that, but it's just the academic antiseptic and stuff like that. So that's you know. But I love me, you know, like with the whole thing with Fonnie Willis and the you know. It's just the just the whole thing of black women basically saving this country and not us getting our due. And um I just like again, I think somebody said, had she been a white man, 
we wouldn't even be having these discussions. And on top of the fact, isn't the fool that, you know, she is, you know, trying, how, is, is he, is he or is he not an adulterer? Is he or is he not, I don't know, well, now uh, he has been convicted of fraud. Now, are these criminal or is this civil, the, the, the in New York? The, the fraud verdict was civil, as was the E. Jean Carroll verdict. Okay, these are two civil so and the criminal is Fani and and our boy uh, Jack Smith. Uh, Jack Smith and, okay. and Bragg and Bragg in New York and Bragg in New York, yeah. With the stormy thing, okay. With the stormy thing, I I I, I I'm I'm needing some some cr- criminal conviction. And I'm, absolutely, I'm, absolutely. And you you may you may not have tuned in in time, but. Uh, uh, as I came to the beginning of the front porch, Tracy, we had uh, uh, Attorney General Letitia James's statement, and she was fired. Oh, no, I, 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 no, no. See, I, I, I have that shit saved. I, because she can put her foot up his ass, and, and it, it's just. It, uh oh, you made it a two-syllable word. Yeah. <laughs> Because again, it's a black thing. That's how I speak. Y'all know this shit. See, I did it. I did it again. <laughs> you know, period. You know, there's just I. It, I. It makes me think about what kind of if I had a went to law school, and what kind of lawyer I would have been, or if I, you know, it's just when you, you would have been like them, Tracy. And they're and they and they're as angry as you are. They you can you can tell they're because we're tired. We're tired. And I go back to Barbara Jordan's speech during the the impeachment hearing. You know, for Nixon, and you can hear it in her voice. You know about the Constitution was not written for her, but yet she still upholds it because it's her fucking job. As a member of Congress, there is this um, thing that W.E.B. Du Bois called black folks is double consciousness. As, as, and as much as we love this country, we know for the most part it does not love us back. But as James Baldwin says, I love this country, so it gives me the right to criticize her. And so it's, it's this, 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 this line that we walk. On a reg- on an everyday fucking basis, like I'm, you know, when I'm out there canvassing for a, a another brown skinned woman who is, you know, kicking ass and taking names in L.A. City Council and the and the and the powers that be, the status quo, the corporate Democrats are so afraid of her that they did a redistricting and wiped away forty percent of her constituents. And added, to make sure that they added homeowners to the mix, to hope, to hope, in hopes that she would not, that she would not win re-election. And so this is what we're fighting against, y'all. Is this is, this is what is, you know. I love my country. I love, I love my city. But God damn it, it's just, it's like you just want to bitch slap a motherfucker. Because it's like, can you wake the fuck up? And I think, uh, was it Steve or David when you guys were talking about and how 
we know what we need to do. We know there needs to be a you know a reckoning, and we know that you know. But we have to come to grips. We have to do a Germany in this country. We have mm-hmm. to say, what the you know we fucked up. We enslaved one group of people, and we genocided another group of people. And along the way, we fucked up a whole lot of folks, black, white, and indifferent. White folks got fucked up too. Sure. Don't get it twisted. And Robin, and, Robin and, and Appalachia there. You know, and it, it, is, it, is such a, it is such a fuckingness. But the, the, the sad part about the fucks, the fucked overness of the white folks is that they, they, these people, they believe that just because they're white, they okay. The shit better. don't count, you know, and they're yeah. better. And, you better. know, again, it is just... When we get to that point, when we get to the point where we, when we have, and it's, we don't need conversations anymore. I tired a conversation. We need action. We need law. And tired of excuses. I'm, I'm you know, the, excuses. The, the, you go back to the Voting Rights Act, and we all know the mechanics. We know Joe Manchin. We know the cinema monster. We know why, well, Okay, that was mechanically the reason why it didn't happen, but it should have happened. And it could have happened if there was more momentum, more impetus, and more uh, elbow grease on the part of the good people in our government. It should have happened. And it has to happen. It has to fucking happen. No more fucking excuses after this election. If there is a blue wave landslide, no more goddamn excuses. No, and it, you know, see, and the the kind of, the candidates that I'm working to help, they're all progressives, and you know, we, we already know, y'all, progressives win elections. Yep, they do if they have the backing, if they have the money put behind them. We Ooh, win. let's not talk about money in campaigns. That's a sore spot I, for me. Yeah, Robin, I, I can imagine. I I know, but see, hey, you know what though? If you ever moved out here and ran for city council, you know what they we do here because we realize that the deck is stacked against people who aren't taking you know dark money. We have matching funds, so I forget how much it is up to, but if you manage to raise, I guess like like a hundred thousand dollars or to whatever it is, the city of Los Angeles will match your funds. It's a step in the right direction, yeah. you know. And uh, just a, just a couple of a couple of things on the way out the door, because well, I'm still I'm still in a deficit for the deficit for this weekend because I missed on Monday. Uh, the Washington Post did a dive to find out what Fox News TV Radio Rwanda was talking about. I can only imagine. Instead of Nitwit Nero. Or, in particular, instead of the news that the Biden crime family uh, witness got busted for being a filthy little liar, well, that never made it to air at Fox. Uh, Frau Ingram spent all of her time on Fonny's Folly on full display, breaking down Fonny Willis's body language. 
Uh, and then came oh, Jesse oh, Waters. Wade, Tracy, you got to tune into that. <laughs> Wade spent lots of late nights at Fonny's condo. CIA, CIA reportedly knew Putin favored Clinton. Russia's space nukes aren't real. Back and black. Slay. High heels 101. Holy shit. And then there was the Hannity job. The Bruga Bruga border report? Uh, the Hannity job featuring something from the National Review, the uh, clearinghouse of American racism. Fonnie Willis denies Nathan Wade romance began before appointing him to lead Trump prosecution, calls defense honors dishonest. Judge denies Trump's request to dismiss Alvin Bragg's case. Frustrated White House sends letter to press corps skewering coverage of Biden's handling of classified files. And so, I got, got a, oh, it's probably wall-to-wall trans, wall-to-wall trans people right now with the verdict out. But uh, we found out in yesterday's program that the uh, feedum carcass is having a conniption over the news about the Russian security. Space lasers. Are they Jewish? They're Russian. But it turns out that there's a little more detail now. CNN reporting that Russia, Mother Russia, Mother Moscovy, Moscovy, is trying to develop a nuclear space weapon to destroy satellites with a massive energy wave. Uh-huh. An EMT of sorts, yes. Yeah, and and so uh, basically they're they're wanting to be able to target commercial and government satellites for. You know, cell phones, bill paying, internet surfing. I wonder how Leon Scum feels about his buddy, uh, his buddy Putin now. You know what, Robin? See, I have been—I don't know if I've said it to you on in our private conversations or if I've talked about it in on the show. Ever since, because you know, y'all, sometimes I'm slow on the uptake when. It comes to news that I find out stuff, you know, later on. But as soon as I found out how much power and control that that Elon Scum has over our satellites and in our space program, and I'm just wondering. In our foreign policy, too, Tracy. In our foreign policy, I'm going, Adam, you know what? And I'm about to okay. Is it? It's almost okay. So I'm about to fuck up dinner in in on my in. On oh, my here we go. Place. <laughs> you know, I'm at least it's your own time zone. Yeah, I haven't had it's dinner like, yet. Damn it! <laughs> you know, I I I often wonder because every so often I just want to know, you know, one day what it's like to just live in for a few moments as a white man, or just a man, but especially a rich white man, and because it's like these people they do shit, and I know it gets them like you know they, it gives them wood, so. I've often wondered what would it be like to be on the on the the giving end because it must be a, an amazing feeling to be on that on this man side of a of a of a, a screaming ejaculated orgasm because that you know because you got to wonder it must be amazing because all of their spaceships are shaped like dick what <laughs> Can, can, hey, can I, can't argue that point. Can Make I hop in real point. quick? Can I hop in real quick? Um, just, sure just real quick. Um, I just want to clear up a misconception, Tracy. When you, when you, when you, um, when you hopped in, um, 
you said something about uh, a bunch of white people talking about slavery. I just wanted to to clear up that I am I am black. Okay, I'm my apologies. I hadn't. You, you saw like me. You know, everybody knows I'm. I, I apologize. I did not know. Maya Copa. I apologize. But uh, I, no know, worries. I I just wanted to clear. I just wanted to clear that up. That's all. <laughs> I, and and you know what? Good. I'm glad. Even makes it even better. But like I said, a lot of times when I'm on this program, I'm usually the only dark person person with melanin in the sh- in the chat or on the conversations. So it's just very exciting for me to hear somebody else black. And I'm I'm just we keep trying to go, get Todd on. Damn it, I, I he won't join. You know, I I was like, you know, what is so I could say, well, you we sound want so Todd. Look, look, yeah, I, we you do. Sound so, you sound so articulate. It's so educated. I would never... I, I, I've, I've heard that one before and had to bite my tongue. You know what I mean? Yes, Tracy. I do. Tracy, I you, do. you, and, you, and he too. I was waiting for the and he clean and, too. And he's a good dresser. Look at that. He's, he's such a sharp dresser. <laughs> but it, but this is, but this is why I'm so critical of the law school experience because I'm coming, I'm coming to it from an outsider's perspective. I'm very much in this privileged space, and I know I'm in this privileged space that was not built for me, and so I'm able to see things that I think a lot of my classroom, my uh, a lot of my classmates are not able to see, and okay. so, and and it's You're so very it's, young. Yeah, it's difficult for me. Especially when we're talking around the the subject of race, because uh, I don't know if you were listening early tra- earlier, Tracy, but uh, in one of my in my access to justice class earlier, um, the question came up: When do we talk about race, uh, or, or when well, does the top that. when does the topic of race come up? And I'm like, all of the time, but we just every never fucking, talk about it every fucking day. If, yeah. If, 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 Especially if you're black, or or just have any kind of a hint of melanin, and so like, but I, you know, I don't know if you heard about what happened to me the other day when I was out canvassing, and this white man went so just called my walker, uh, a what is it political political propaganda, propaganda. unbelievable. And, and, I was listening. He, I heard that. Yeah. And, and and then the whole thing when we left the building and he was saying they're being belligerent and I knew that the belligerent was toward me and it's just here I am the only thing I'm trying to do is to let people know that you have somebody in city council that cares about renters because he was in a he was in a, an apartment building who do, you know will make sure that they cannot just kick you out on the street without cause. And there's so many things that this woman is doing, but because she is, you know, helping people who don't have the means to help themselves, then she is cast, you know, castigated as this, you know, oh, she's just trying to let the renters get off without having to pay their rent. Oh, she's just not doing it. And all of the things that are just, just welfare lost. queen, Bruga, Bruga, yeah, Bruga, fucking Bruga. And and because... I want to I want to add Tracy, if I could, to to your point about being intentionally marginalized by people. There are not only is it overt like that, but there are some times where it's 
subtle and insidious that nobody else would would recognize other than a person that has been marginalized. Like there are times when I raise my hand in class to point out something and the teacher intentionally does not call on me. Yes. And it's like they're looking around the entire class and nobody else's hand is raised but yours. And it's like... You're, in, you're invisible. You're, you're, you're the, or like when I'm using my walker... And people see me walking toward the door, and they don't hold the door open for me. You know, when I, I, I had shoulder surgery, and I had a sling in my, I had a sling, and I couldn't open, I had arthroscopic surgery i couldn't open doors and i'll be fucking god if i and i had to carry my lunch in my other bag and i'd get people i'd walk up to the door and they would stand out and just stare right at me <laughs> like they're just waiting for my third arm to come out and open the door <laughs> well maybe they before were, we maybe they before we get before maybe we get they, too far away you're gonna whip your dick out and use your dick to open the door but uh, yeah yeah on. steve yeah come on before before we get too far, tail. something Tracy brought up, and that has to do with the electromagnetic pulse. Virtually every car since built in the 70s has some kind of solid-state circuitry in it, whether it be the fuel injector circuit or whatever. Every cell phone, every computer, every TV, every radio today, an electric magnetic pulse will toast them. And so even if they're talking about a nuclear device exploded in the atmosphere, <clears throat> one relatively large bomb blown up over Kansas City at about a 300-mile vertical elevation <clears throat> would wipe out all communications in North America. Now, what good it will do me to have a car built in the 60s that can still drive after one of those events, it would probably make it to where I wouldn't have to worry about getting in an accident. But virtually no store, no gas station, nothing would be operating, including your water treatment plant and your sewage plants. Uh, so keep that in mind when people are saying, oh, uh, uh, a space agency number with an atomic in the atmosphere up in the space to screw up the satellites, wouldn't really fuck things up. Every single piece of electronics will go out, which means the entire grid will be down. Your cell phones are gone. Your cars are gone. All your radios are gone. Everything. So this little bit that's being talked about right now is a hell of a lot bigger than a lot of people realize. That's and that's the problem, and and we're so like I said when I realized that that fool had so much control and power over the stuff that like you just mentioned, Roger, it 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 gave me I I had to take a, I had to get to the fainting couch. Well, he could off. shut off. He 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 also already shut off the satellites that Ukraine was what? using to communicate back and forth. So he can shut off some of it, which is with dastardly. Okay, uh, no argument there. 
But what I'm talking about is that electromagnetic pulse will not just shut off Internet communications. It will destroy all the equipment that is used in communications. Now, Roger, what they're, hey, Roger, Roger, what they're actually... Every integrated circuit. Roger, yeah. what they're actually talking about is a nuclear-powered satellite that generates a beam weapon that takes out individual communication satellites. They're not talking about a massive random EMP. Pulse. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I've heard two two different stories. Well, one, this is the, this is the said. I mean this is the latest breaking one. Um, okay. So I, I wanted to just put a bow on everything. And remember, let's see, we're at, what, 525 to finish the week, um, if anybody wants to help. Uh, th- I just saw the damnedest map. And it's it, Granted, it's 2024, but we have a secession map. Guess what the top three states for wanting to secede from the Union are? Well, Texas. Uh, Texas, Missouri, and Idaho. Uh, Idaho. Nope. Texas is one of them. You got two to go. Texas isn't even the most secessionist state. Oklahoma? Really? Alaska. Bingo. Alaska. Alaska is the most secessionist state. 36% of Alaskans want to not be part of the United States. 30, 31% of Texans don't want to be part of the United States. Now, who comes in third? West Virginia. Alabama? Uh-uh. No, they're broke ass. Not Oklahoma? No, uh, the, uh, no, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, they know Arkansas, they know they're broke ass and Missouri knows it's broke ass. So none of them want to stop the flow of the federal California. Uh, 29% of Californians want to secede from the union. Wow. That's wow. Good. Well, now, now there's there's something that needs to. I understand. You know, I, I know. I know where I know where you're going. Some people want to set, want to secede from the union because they're tired of carrying Alabama, and then you got the wackadoodles up there at the north uh, at the at the northern end in the state of Jefferson. North people. East, northeast. Yeah. Northwest California is not wackadoodle. <clears throat> okay, so here's where it gets fun. Who's number four? Hmm. Oregon. Nope. Only Us? seven. Only seventeen percent of Oregonians want to secede. I'm thinking New Hampshire might have a, a bit of a, a who fight in this. New Hampshire might have a bit yep. in this. Nope. Maine, Florida, Florida, New York. Twenty-eight percent. Wow. New York is number four. Uh-huh. Damn. But huh. I suspect that's part of the same reason that California's in there. Now, what's curious is the number of states that do not want to secede at all, where zero people said they want to secede. Care to guess? Nevada. Illinois? No, no. They got secessionists in Illinois, and they got them in Nevada, too. Hawaii. Hawaii. No, 20% secessionist. In Hawaii? Yep. Uh, Kansas? No, you're 22%, Ben. Holy shit, what? I'm going to go out on... Ohio? 
Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that no state has has a population. I was going to say Michigan. Uh, I, I wish you were correct. Or no, I'm glad you're not correct, David. The four non non secessionist states are Vermont. This is going to blow your mind. North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. Might be because there's no people in those three states. It's all just cattle. Wow. Well, and the system is super rigged for them because they get two senators, and they basically have no people. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty sweet yeah pretty sweet system for them. Yeah. Okay. Well, twenty five twenty five percent of of my people here in West Virginia, twenty five percent would like to secede. (laughs) Bunch of dipshit dumbasses. Even 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 uh, East Virginia only has nineteen percent. Here's a mind blower. Only 17% of North Carolinians want to secede, and only 19% of South Carolinians want to secede. They might still have scorch marks. Okay. All right. I've got a solution to this problem. I just thought of it already when Robin was talking about all this. Why don't we take each percentage of each population in each state that wants to succeed from the Union, while we round them all up, and why don't we put them on their own island together? Fuck it. Put them in taxes. But the problem is, Idaho. Yeah, and, and the problem is, most, is most of those states that want to secede, they can't spell it, so they don't know what it fucking means. So it doesn't matter. Goddamn yeah, I remember, I remember that meme from years and years ago showing the secessionists down in Texas standing with their, their placards with the, the word. And, yes. and No, they spelled Sec D. Yes, that's that too. S E C D. Hey, and before we end the program, going back to Tracy, Tracy, if you find your way to the fainting couch, you're gonna to have to push over Precious Lindsay to make some room. Uh, no, see, my fainting couch would have kente cloth on it. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. How could I be so fucking stupid? It's it's Christopher. She won't not. She won't want that. Miss Lindsay won't want that. Do with that. Um. Well, y'all. And, so I'm gonna wrap things up. It's been a great Friday on the front porch. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again uh, to our challenge makers, our challenge responders. Darlene and uh, Darlene and Ralph's got it started. Uh, Charlene in Rogues Island, the other co-founding sister of the Society of Leans, added to it, doubled it down. And thanks to everybody who responded to it. We are, well, I can pay one bill this evening. Yay. I'm excited about that. I really am, because uh, it's a bad bill. Thank you to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to all of our a la carte contributors. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Uh, remember, the uh, conversation will continue on the back porch after the front porch closes. You know, everybody just goes around to the back of the place and and it's a little more freewheeling and, uh, I don't know, zany. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to Roger in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please like and subscribe. Leave a, uh, leave a review or a positive comment, something along the way. Because the algorithms and Brother Deacon Asa uh, 
yeah, really, really like that. Uh, by the way, uh, Reverbo says uh, as to uh, the idea of put them all on an island. Yeah, Reverbo says this was my idea years ago. They can drift out into the ocean and call themselves New South America. <laughs> and the last cowbell goes to Reverbo. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Only 15% of Americans have. Win that IQ test. Get your booster if you haven't. Um, wear your masks when you're around the maggots especially because uh, they are a vector of COVID and several other diseases all by themselves. Get your flu, your flu shot, your RSV vaccine, your pneumonia shot if you're eligible. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if uh, Alina Habana Habana Habana, parking, uh, counsel for the parking garage, uh, sees you walking along and tries to yell about, that was a manifest injustice. Well, avoid, avoid that graduate of the Dime Store Law School like the plague because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later. <laughs>